What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 57, yet another Friday. Um, this will be, uh, we're going to be taking a break next week. So this will be your last episode until after Thanksgiving. Um, but thanks for being here with us this week. Thanks to all the new subscribers. That number keeps going up. I think we got like another 100 subscribers or so now since like a month ago. So that's fucking sick. Thanks all the new guys. Thanks all the old guys, all the fucking people telling your friends. And um, thank you to the resident homies, Joel, Joseph, and Casey with me as always. You're welcome. This week. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for saying that after I said that. Um, this week's awesome, dude, because we got uh, a lot of history. I got some brotherhood in this. I got a new friend that I just met in person through fucking electronics and technology uh jesse watson from incinerate and my old homie that i'm fucking super excited to talk to jared deaver what up guys what's up dudes hey thank you uh thank you so much for having us like uh, do a little dick sucking here quick like a huge fan of the podcast i've been following it for quite a while i've watched it all the time during work so uh to be on here is is really cool so thank you so much that's awesome, yeah. dude. And yeah, dude, I know you've been popping up for a long time in the comments and, and all that shit, dude. And I love that, dude. I love that. Like we're this community that it really has become a community now. And now, you know, people are starting to talk to other people that they've never talked to before through this thing. And I, I love that, dude. And, and it's super cool to have you as not only a musician that we want to talk to you about your, 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 journey and and the band that you're in right now but it's cool that you're also a fan and we are able to have a fan on the show now and and just be able <laughs> to pick your brain about that too so that's super cool and uh yeah dude fucking jared dude it's it this is super awesome to have you on it's been years since we've talked yeah uh, we got plenty of stories that we we need to get uh, unfolded on this episode too. So I'm, I'm, I'm really fucking stoked for this one, guys. Hell yeah. Right on. So yeah, man. what were we about to say, Joseph? Jesse, it was fun fucking hanging out with you in Vegas and getting to meet you in person. And I don't remember what came first, knowing you as a fan of the podcast or knowing you as the singer of Incinerate. Oh, right I feel like they both happened at the same time to me. And I remember just hearing Incinerate and the new album uh sacrilegium is that how you say it how do you well, say sacrilegium it? sacrilegium okay uh dude it's such a sick album and i really think you guys fucking put out one of the best albums of 2020 when you released it last year wow. so yeah, well, i just wanted to start off the bat by saying like <laughs> i was really stoked to discover you guys and find out that you're a fan at the pod at the same time so thank cool. you that that uh that means a lot i mean like we uh we started the band to have fun and, and do what we like and play music that we like. And the fact that other people enjoy it is, is always very cool to us. So thank you. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Sweet. Well, dude. So let's get, let's get down to brass dive. tacks, dude. Let's <laughs> uh, do how we do this. Uh, Jesse, since this is an incinerate episode, you've been around since the beginning. Let's uh, let's get your story, dude. Take us back. You know, I know you know how you, you got to do it. You got to go all the way back. Yeah, all, all the way back, right? Um, yeah. I don't have my uh, my Cali Death Podcast bingo card here, but 
<laughs> try and fill all the space. And, um, yeah, man. Like I, I uh, always, always have been a fan of music, and and that's like what I wanted to do. Like, I mean, from the time I was fucking an infant, <laughs> basically. My my uncle lived with us in the basement, and he uh, he was a huge Rush, Sabbath, uh, Zeppelin fan. Um, so like literally from the time I was born, that's like all I heard in the basement and everything. Uh, he got me my first three quarter guitar and, uh, you know, I was trying to play guitar before I could walk. Right. I think Jared cool. and I have, have had some of these discussions, like we followed a lot along the same, same path or whatever, but, um, so yeah, music, music was always in the, in the blood and everything. And, and, uh, fuck I, I i would jump up and down on my bed and sing along and fucking make cardboard guitars and shit i mean mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like literally it's all i ever wanted to do and oh, uh yeah. went from you know I, of course i was surrounded by that and then you start going to school and, and kids start listening to uh run dmc was a big one that came out when they did the walk this way with aerosmith mm-hmm. and uh from there started dabbling in a little, little rap stuff. Cause I was just starting to come out. Right. And an uh, older neighbor kid gave me the anthrax. I'm the man cassette. And he was like, bro, you like rap, check this out. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> lifelong anthrax fan. Um, so I, I got that and uh, I started listening to the metal songs at the end more. And uh, I showed my uncle, Hey, look, they do a cover of Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. And he was like, like, oh, that's so awesome, you know? And and so that was like our like again, kind of like like bonding thing, right? And uh and that guitar tone just fucking stuck with me. So from there, like it just like went downhill. I, I was the only kid in my school with long hair. I was the only kid that listened to Metallica and shit, you know. And this is fuck, I was in fourth grade, fifth grade. So I mean I started like pretty young, right? Yeah. Um and it went from there to, you know, what's next, what's, what's fucking heavier, what's faster. And so Slayer, and then uh, somebody gave me a, the Deicide Deicide cassette. Again, older kid at school was like, oh, check this out. And uh, I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, I like the fucking music because it's like fast Slayer, but dude's vocals are just fucking terrible. And I couldn't God, stand uh, it. Real quick, I'm going to have to cut you off. Just real. That's such a. <laughs> common thing that i hear on this show dude is that the vocals are what puts everybody off in the beginning like there's so many people there's ran maybe there's got to be a few guys who are like i i get it right in the beginning but really do they get it you know it's like the fucking vocals you never hear anything like that before i think a lot of it too was like it's the faster fucking crazier like you're, you're in that mode too and you know that like you know that death metal is a crazy. Think about shit. this. Think about this. Yeah. So you listen. You grow up in what what Jesse was just saying. You get to that point where you're listening to Slayer and shit, and then all of a sudden, yeah. what if you heard just instrumental death metal at that point? Do you think <laughs> that it would be, it you would be more able to grasp onto it quicker if the vocals weren't there? You know, like if it was, know, uh, like a literal instrumental Cannibal Corpse album. Probably not. I mean, because like as a as a kid and how you're like kind of brought up you're like vocals are kind of like pretty important like when you're a kid you know it's like a part of uh, the catchiness to a song it's part of like everything that you want to hear the thing that's you latch like, on to first is that totally it's like something that you could first like i mean it's when you listen to people nowadays that aren't into music that like music and stuff that are into pop music like it's all vocals like as, as a like that's why people you know bring up like oh the vocals and death metal it's because like 
for them, like they're so used to just like, oh, like what's the vocals like, you know, like and the music is secondary to them. And it's kind of like before you pick up an instrument or do something, you're like, oh, vocals, vocals, you know, like what's on the radio. It's like so like when you hear vocals that are that different and that like going from like the high pitch, like sla- ah, like Slayer shit. And you <laughs> all of a sudden you're going to like like you know what i mean like it's it's like a, it's like a shock to your system when you first hear it mm-hmm. and but you also know that you're stuck in this metal thing where you're 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 moving up and you're just like what's crazier what's crazier what's crazier you know i know i know that death metal is crazier but the vocals are just insane like i don't really get it you know what i mean <laughs> and then finally there's one vocalist or one time or one song where it's like all right that works like you know what i mean and then you're just done like I've, <laughs> I've told people for years that it's an acquired taste like they, yeah, yeah. just that nobody just goes oh i fucking love this you know like instantly i, I do think that there's that that progression that you have to kind of slide into it or whatever mm-hmm. and it, it like i said it took me a while i, I wanted the raspy deep and then I, you know the sepultura thrash yeah i still like that that thrash thing yeah um and then i heard the the disincarnate album and that was like the one that fucking for me, that was like I'm I'm all in. This is fucking amazing. I can see how that album that that band could definitely shift somebody if if they hit that. my brother too. The Disincarnate album, like my brother, same thing. Like that was like, I, yeah, one that's of those an unsung. That just, that's an unsung album for sure. I know that you know, like our homies and and a bunch of people who know what's up, like talk about that album. But it, it, I think it's definitely super underrated. F- to talk hey, about like the influence as a, shit. a fan of the podcast and all the ones i've seen like i don't think i've ever seen anybody give it credit or talk about it and i, I blows my I mind know that I gilbert gilbert still, it was important to him i don't know if he mentioned it on the show but i remember that that album was important to gilbert mike gilbert for sure yeah that's that's true but yeah it's that. A, yeah jared you you would know yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah he, he was actually a, from what i remember a big like just real guitar virtuoso fan like Al Di Miola, Papa mm-hmm. De Lucia, stuff like that, right? He was just crazy about that shit. Um, oh, he would kind of emulate that with his playing, right? Um, but I going back on this vocal thing, um, I too started with DSI's DSI of all things, right? You know, I was the, the Guns N' Roses kid because my brother was that way. I'll, I'll go back farther when I'm telling my story, but yeah, yeah, what's yeah, funny I about through the glam thing too, of course. I, yeah, I still yeah. listen to a lot of it. The vocal thing, like the deicide vocals crushed my face immediately, right? And I fucking loved it, man. I was like, this is the greatest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. And then when Legion came out, I wanted to fucking just kill everything and carve up center crosses <laughs> into my body. And my buddy got the trifixion <laughs> tattoo, you know, the fucking whole nine yards, right? I fucking loved it. We we're all about it, man. Deicide, we're walking around cemeteries, all kinds of dumb shit. Um, but I fucking <laughs> hated, hated Chris Barnes' vocals. And I was like, that's too brutal. Like, put you to birth, too many mutilated. I was like, fuck that shit. It's too weird. I didn't like it. It was crazy, man, because I was a crazy death metal fan. It was like obituary, oppressor, deicide, shit like that, where the vocals were a little more audible, but brutal. Yeah, and, uh, you can still know, understand what Glenn's you know, saying. I got, you know? I got eaten back to yeah. life and Tomb of the Mutilated at the same day, same store. Nice. I went home, put them back in, and took Eaten Back to Life and threw it the fuck away. And Tomb of the Mutilated was my fucking Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I got Tomb and Butchered kind of at the same time and just started fucking loving them all of a sudden. I don't know why. And then later I got eaten back to life. I was like, this is really good, too. What did you guys think of uh, like 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 of uh, the early cryptopsy stuff? Because, I mean, you're talking about Chris Barnes being a weird vocalist, like Lord Worm and stuff back in the day. That's definitely like was the weirdest 
that had come yeah. out, right? I didn't so get the Cryptopsy until way later. Like, and it was more musically, right? I could care less about the vocals with Cryptopsy. It was more about the music and flow, of course, right? Shit like that, right? What the drummer mm-hmm. was doing and, you know, the time signatures and, you know, the fucking 300 beats a fucking minute, whatever was happening back then, you know? Totally. In, in Minnesota here, like, they were the gospel. Like, like everybody talks about suffocation from, from, from what I've seen on the show. And from where I live, it was fucking Cryptopsy and Lord Worm. Sick. Um, at the yeah. same time, uh, um, Cataclysm, Sylvain Hode, I'm sure I'm murdering the last name, um, had the, the, the most insane stage presence and his vocals were all fucking crazy and all over the place. And, and everybody uh, here just ate that shit up. And, and um, if you talk to, well, you won't talk to him now because he's dead, but uh, Don Decker from Anal Blast, he, he ran Nightfall yeah. Records and, and I used to hang out there a lot. And, uh, and, and he just worshipped and that was like where he got his style from was those two guys. So they were, uh, Anal Blast was out of Minnesota as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know <laughs> oh, that. Shit. But, yeah. I thought Joey Jordison drummed for them for a little bit. Is that kind of, I guess, Iowa and Minnesota? It's kind of close. Yeah, it's, no, it's uh, Des Moines, like four hours, five hours. From, oh, okay. From here, yeah, so so it's, it's not that far. Totally trying to act like I know my geography. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> back to your original point, Anthony, about like vocals or like absence of vocals in metal. For me, Sleep Terror was one of those bands that I could get into before I was into death metal vocals because I was all about that like style and I wasn't yet ready for the the vocals. So yeah, like a pathway. It's like a pathway. I think it is like I I I think that if it was presented in instrumental form first, it would probably take less time for you to understand and be down. You know, for me it was my brother because my my dad was a musician and my brother my um he was living with me when I was like in fucking elementary school or something like that. And he was listening, you know, like early 90s. This is like 93, 94. He's listening to all death metal is what he's listening to at the time. And my dad was just like kind of in my ear, like, fuck, what the fuck is this shit? You know, what I mean? <laughs> like, so like, you know, it's my dad. So it's like, you know, someone I look up. Who's to also a musician. Like, a musician just going like, it's fucking terrible, dude. All this crazy <laughs> shit is terrible. So I had that like in my ear as a kid. So I like I kind of had that like pre-programmed to like not like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. and so that was like big for me to actually get over that and be like oh shit there's a whole new world of music because vocals were holding me back that's wrong <laughs> that, that, that was huge in my house um my uncle played guitar played drums he was uh never took any lessons from ear and, and was just uh you know he could listen to a song on the radio and boom play it right and uh, he spent his whole life chasing music and trying to make money off it. So like it was instilled er- in me early on, like get a fucking job. Don't, don't waste your time doing this bullshit. You're never going to make it, you know, all that, all that stuff. My dad didn't, didn't want me to, to do it. And then when I started listening to thrash metal and death metal, <laughs> it was even worse. Like it, at least pick something that people are going to fucking listen to you. It is, you yeah, know? Yeah exactly yeah yeah it's like well also too you're going to shows and stuff back in the day like you know mid to early 90s and stuff where like you know thrash and death metal was like fucking bringing people out you know what i mean like there was a you lot know, of on a tuesday out. a wednesday night the place would be fucking packed people would be stage diving i mean yep. it, it was fucking ridiculous and uh, the area scene was insane when i was coming up man it was nice. Yeah, dude. Definitely. You got, definitely. You got plenty of fucking pound stories, I'm sure. Jared. Oh, there, yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bingo, bingo. Yeah. 
Jared, where did you go see shows? Was it the Pound? <laughs> the Stone, the Omni, the Pound, all those places, man. Nice. The Stone, the Omni first, man. Fuck yeah. yeah dude. All closed up. That's what's up, dude. That's which, what part of the, which part of the Bay did you grow up in? San Francisco Bay Area. Frisco, what up? In the city? Uh, what, what? No, I was just outside in West County. Uh, so like in the Pinole, Richmond area. Oh, sick. Yeah. And now nice, I'm just nice. in the East County. I'm in Brentwood now. Nice. Okay. So Jesse, let's, let's get back to the the story. So you're uh so just to kind of keep it going. I forget where we were, but there was some. So you were talking about like uh, getting into seventh, death grade. Or seventh grade shit like that. Yeah. Um. So seventh grade, I think it's probably around time I heard Deicide, and then got I mentioned Sepultura was in a big Sepultura phase for quite a while, and then from there it just kind of again snowballed and, and started going more brutal and brutal or whatever um i got into death for a while um got to see the symbolic tour um Sick, napalm damn. death was a big one and around here um so there was all that and then when i got old enough um started driving we went to uh the nightfall terrorizer records that don decker um ran and that was like Oh, you know, it was like just rows and rows and rows of fucking nothing but brutal death metal and, and uh, black metal. I'm not a big black metal fan, but it, it was the first place where, you know, back then there was no fucking internet. There was no, like we were tape trading and, and get a magazine and you'd see like, okay, dude's wearing that shirt. I'm going to go fucking check out that band or this album cover sick. I, I bought, I don't know how many albums, CDs, whatever cassettes, just cause the, the artwork, you know, so yep. nightfall was the first place where we could go and he would just open up the CD and put it in and go here, check it out. Um, so he yeah. kind of knew from me coming in there, you know, the oppressor, Jared mentioned, I was big into oppressor. He's uh, a shepherd, dude. He was your shepherd into the underground, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a fucking character. <laughs> uh, but that, that was where I first heard uh, deeds of flesh and uh, he gave me the inbreeding um album and and i was just fucking like oh my god this is fucking amazing um so it went from like you'd go there and like okay uh anything that's on united guttural like i'm buying everything that's just because it's on united guttural was was our shit and then i saw the unique leader you know and stuff and like oh fuck so um i got that that deeds of flesh and uh my buddy um got disgorge and yattering Oh, yattering. yattering. Yeah. 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 We went home and the, like, I, I remember hearing Matty Way's vocals and, and I was just like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, I've, I've never heard anything like this. This is fucking amazing. Like, this is what I want to fucking do. Like, I which love this. Which album was it? Do you remember? The first one I got was She Lay Gutted. Um, yeah. That I purchased. Um, uh, our drummer at the time had uh the cranial impalement which you you're introduced to maddie before anything else on that shit he, his is, intro is his fucking growl yeah yeah that fucking uh revelations deal is is insane that the tail end of uh cranial where it just does that fucking gurgly out so fucking badass you know yeah yeah um dude. so yeah man it just when we started incinerate um we had brutality was was one that the guys were into it was a bit more 
by today's standards, we're going to say old school death metal. And at the time it was just fucking death metal. Cause that's yeah, what we had, yeah. you know? Um, mm-hmm. so there was like brutality, sinister. Um, and then yeah. that Nile album came out and, uh, Scott and Randy were huge fucking computer nerds. So when they're like, well, we can fucking mix in computer shit. And we started kind of going down that route for a while and then said, uh, it's too many headaches, too much fucking shit. We got to worry about. We saw Nile fail a bunch of sets because playing in shitty venues, and the power would go out and stuff. So we went back to just doing what we do, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I missed a yeah. ton of shit in the timeline there, but whatever. No, it's all good. <laughs> but like, so how? So how does Incinerate form though? Like, you, okay, how do you know uh, the dudes and and how? How long is it before dissecting comes out and all that? I was in a, a thrash metal band for a while, and um, we had the the high higher pitched singer. And uh, I was fifteen. Went to a local music store and was playing fucking Anthrax riffs. And a dude came in and started playing Slayer riffs on the other side. And I was like, what the "Fuck's going on?" <laughs> like he grabbed his amp and moved it over, and pretty soon we're jamming in the store like all day. And uh, He's like, hey, we know a lot of the same Metallica songs. You want to you wanna be in a band? And I was like, hell yeah. Uh, okay. So that was on like a Tuesday or something. We got together on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He's like, uh, hey, uh, I know a drummer. And I'm like, all right, sweet. So we went to the drummer's house, and he was 21, and I was 16, 15. And uh, dude's all smoking pot and shit, and I'm this fucking little nerd. Like, oh, my God. You know, and uh, goes off to do acid. It was it was fucking full on. Like this is this. I'm all right. I'm becoming a rock star. You know, uh, we jammed for like a week, I think, after school, a couple nights, whatever. And then dude's like, okay, I got a show set up for us. And I was like, whoa, all right. So we go and we play this show. Uh, never fucking forget. Um, it was a house party turn off the road into this field drive down a ways and this house is in the middle of fucking cornfields and shit nowhere and i walk in the door and there's a huge fucking swastika flag on the back window oh, no. uh, there's fucking guns and and sh- all kinds of crazy shit and i'm like what the fuck did i just get myself into you know we're, yeah, dude. we're gonna fucking die and it uh, turns out it was an outlaw biker party and uh, as we're setting up on the deck, a fucking sheriff pulls in and he's like, hey, where's Steve or whatever the guy's name is? And he's like, oh, he's he's not here. And the, guy, the cop's like, you're not going to blow up any cars this year, are you? And he's like, oh, no, no, not this year. He's like, well, tell Steve he's a warrant out for him and, and let us know when you see him. And the cop drives away. And Steve I was there. I grew up in little <laughs> suburbia town, dude. I had no idea what the fuck. And uh turns out they had automatic weapons and there was a car in the field the year before and they were shooting at it and guys just laughing yeah we didn't know it had gas in the tank and it blew up and i was like holy fuck did you guys get in trouble they're like oh oh fuck yeah (laughs) Yeah, we blew up a car in city limits yeah yeah we got we got in trouble i was like oh all right uh so Yeah, we're committed. So this is your point. first gig. This is your very first, first gig. <laughs> oh my god! Played the show. Oh, our uh, our singer quit the night before. He didn't want to do it. So, <laughs> oh my god. So I had to learn what to else, sing, and dude? we're doing Metallica songs. And by the end of the night, I oh, uh, hadn't sang before. My throat was raw, and I was 
raspy, basically like death metal. So like when I do my vocals, there's, you know, it's a guttural. So there's like a point where it steps down and it doesn't hurt and it's deeper, but it, it steps down. So all I'm doing deeper vocals to offset the pain. So it was that point And I was like, oh shit, I guess I can do this. And then went back and started listening to Deicide because now I can do this stuff. And that's nice. how I went back around or whatever. Nice. So that was, that was that. And then we did that till I graduated high school in 95. Um, had two years of not doing anything. Couldn't find anybody in my town. Like I said, I was the only one with long hair and, and had ambition and drive. There was a uh, kind of a corn type band before corn um, that I had auditioned to do lead guitar for. And then their guitar player came back. So I got X out of that. Um, and we had a local, local rag. Uh, it was called city pages. You know, there's all your back page porno shit, but in the middle of there, there was musicians wanted. And uh, Randy and Scott had put an ad in looking for a, a guitar player. And uh, so I called them and, and right away, you know, they were like, yeah, okay. So what kind of music do you listen to? And I'm like, well, you know, carcass, deicide, cannibal corpse. And they were like, Oh shit. Oh yeah. Come on down. (laughs) Um, Scott had only been playing guitar for, I think like two years at that point. Um, He was in another band that uh, was a death metal band. It was kind of deathish. They opened up for deicide. That was his big claim to fame. Um, Nice. So we, we started jamming, got together, really, you know, kind of hit it off. I brought a buddy of mine in that played bass and uh, he just didn't really want to do it anymore. Um, so the three of us just kind of set off doing our own thing. And that was 98 was when I first answered that, that ad. So they already had the name, um, but there was no direction. Scott had a song and a half written. And I came in actually to be lead guitar. We were going to do solos and shit. Um, so it, it became evident fast that the music was progressing and I was too busy fucking getting wasted and fucking chicks and everything else to <laughs> sit home and practice anymore. Um, so I gave up fucking playing guitar and just went to straight singing. Um, Don it's Decker easier, dude. So much easier. <laughs> and those guys resented me for it. Cause they were like, Oh, we had something good going. And I was like, oh. the easy way out. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> least resistance, right? <laughs> Path of the weekend. Totally, right <laughs> so uh, uh, Don Decker was kind of like uh, the guy in town because he had the record label. Um, he had the, the record store and it was like everybody was scrambling to try and get signed. Well, he came down and checked us out and was blown away. He's like, holy shit, you guys are fucking great. Uh, just one condition. We want you, I want you to do anal blast. So he wanted me and Scott to play guitar and anal blast and Randy to drum. He wanted us to be anal blast. And we were like, nah, dude, <laughs> like we, <laughs> we want to do our own thing. Like that's, yeah. you know, either, either take us as incinerate or, or no. Uh, and he did not like that answer. He wasn't a guy that was used to getting told no, especially in the town. Right. He was booking all the shows, doing everything. Everybody fucking kissed his ass. And, uh, and we said, no, <laughs> So we, we got fucking blacklisted and uh, wow. couldn't get any local shows. Um, we, what year we, was it? What year was this? 99. Okay. 99. Because, gotcha. yeah, we formed uh, October of 98 and wrote some songs pretty fast. And then 
Yeah, it's probably summer of '99. Um, it, it really, it really sucked. And and from that point on, uh, he kind of made it his mission to fuck us over. Mm. Um, when we started, I, I had three goals. Like I wanted to put out a fucking album. It's all I ever want to do is put out an album. I wanted to play Milwaukee Metal Fest because back then, like if you played Milwaukee Metal Fest, like that was, uh, you've made it. Or at least that's what I thought, you know. Like yeah. cash, money rolls in, women. <laughs> it's like you made it. You made uh, yeah. two hundred and ninety dollars. <laughs> so not the case. You paid two hundred and ninety dollars. <laughs> Some days paid a thousand bucks to play that next to King Diamond, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn, yeah. There, there was fucking wrestlers and strippers and shit walking around. It was, it was insane. Um, so we did that, and uh, the response was really good. We handed out a bunch of demos. We were the first. Uh, well, band that I know of that had a multimedia demo. So it had three recorded songs and then it, it was a CD-ROM. So you put it in your fucking computer and the videos just came up. And that was one thing that kind of set us apart. So the, the set went really good. People were into it. Um, we got to be friends with like the guys at Skinless and all these, all these guys. And then Don kind of had no choice but to start booking us on some local shows. Um, and then... We got the offer to play fucking uh, March Metal Meltdown, which is out in Pensac in New Jersey. So we uh, loaded up all of our shit in uh, uh, Mike's extended cab truck and drove from Minnesota to Pensac in like 20 some hours. Not even a crew cab, extended cab truck, just fucking packed in the back of this motherfucker. Mm. Um, fuck before that. Don we had to pay to play, had to buy tickets and sell them. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to sell tickets in a totally different state? Again, there was no Facebook. There's no MySpace. Like, so we drove out there and, uh, Mike actually sat underneath the ticket booth and people would come up to buy tickets. And be like, hey, you buy one? <laughs> <laughs> so we paid, we bought all the, the tickets from Don the day before he calls me up and goes, Hey, you guys aren't playing. I go, what the fuck do you mean? He's like, yep, uh, we're, we're bumping you from it. And I was like, dude, we've been planning this for months. We got our set. We bought the tickets. And he's like, yep, just, uh, you know, if you just want to swing by the, the shop and then you can give me those tickets back. And I was like, wait, I already paid you for them. Why would I fucking give them back to you? I go, tell yeah. you what, I'll come down to the fucking shop and I'll give you the tickets and you're going to buy them the fuck back from me. Mm hmm. So that, that escalated. Some some names were called. <laughs> I fucking lost my shit. And uh, he ended up saying, fine, fine, you can play. So we drove out there. We sold the tickets. And uh, they're like, all right, set up. You're playing first. And I'm like, playing first. Awesome. So we get in there. And this year they had the stage and there was a curtain in the middle. That was what divided the two stages, a fucking curtain. So sound doesn't travel <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. travels through curtains <laughs> <laughs> so we're setting up the doors aren't open the lights aren't set up and they're like okay you can go and we're like there's nobody here um we can't even see our fucking instruments because it's a pitch black fucking auditorium the sound guy's like i got you and holds a flashlight go <laughs> oh my god wow dude Jesus. so we're like all right so i think we got two songs in and again we were stretching them out as long as we could and intermission telling jokes to the sound guy because he's the only fucking guy there keep wow. in mind they just drove 20 some fucking hours or whatever you know 
And then people started coming in and all of a sudden we had a big crowd and people were fucking into it. And we're the first band and there was a pit and it was fucking crazy. And I'm throwing demos off and people are going ape shit for them or whatever. And then the band next to us starts playing. And of course the two bands playing with a fucking curtain mm. didn't, didn't fucking didn't go so well. So why we, we were, they, uh, why wouldn't they know like these, these, these promoters are organizing these festivals. Like I think he was trying, yeah, he's also trying to like, like he, you said you guys were on like the blacklist, right? He was like kind of yeah. fucking you a little bit. Like he was, he was hardcore trying to fuck us and just get yeah. money and didn't give a shit. Yep. Yep. That's there was no integrity. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus so Christ. because again, the crowd response was good. Uh, we ended up lining up a couple of shows on the way back. I think, um, I think we played a couple of shows with excommunion, um, band called summon. And then, uh, again, Don had no choice, but to book us on a couple of local shows. And then we got another chance to play a Milwaukee metal fest. And this time we had a decent slot. Um, <laughs> again, went good. We, we handed out a ton of, ton of CDs and shit. And, um, the band after us was like, oh, you guys are fucking great. And it's like these little kids. And I was like, oh, cool, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. And, and they're like, yeah, you're fucking awesome. And, and oh, it was a great set. And it was kind of broken English. Well, it turns out it was fucking decapitated. Oh, Jesus. They, oh, they were like 16, 17-year-old kids, whatever, had no idea. And all of a sudden, they get up on stage. And I was like, oh, that's who that was. Holy fuck. Oh, <laughs> like, they were fucking yeah, badass, dude. you know? way badass yeah it was that was crazy <laughs> funny story so me and mike are, are feeling good about ourselves you know we're walking through the crowd and these kids come up and like hey yo uh, can we get a can we get a picture we're like really like you know fuck fuck yeah dude we'll take you know whatever kids hands me the camera goes run away in flames in flames there was in flames was there and he wanted me to take a picture of them with in flames oh <laughs> <just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Underground death metal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And get no love. <laughs> yeah, no love. So at that point, we 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 were just like, fuck it. Like Don's not gonna sign us. Um, we reached out to to Rich from United Guttural. Um, Rich was he became our our mentor. He became the guy that helped us out, steered us around. Um, he started wearing our shirts for for promotional shit. Um and he gave us an offer and uh, Scott had some dealings with, with Eric, uh, free unique leader. And Rich had sent out an email list to a bunch of distributors or whatever, and accidentally included Scott. So we got the entire fucking distro email list of every fucking label, every band, oh, whatever. And, and Scott was just like, I'm starting my own fucking label. He's Damn. like, I can fucking do this. Um, he, he had the drive at the time. He, he definitely had the computer knowledge so he could do the website. He could do the, uh, you know, purchasing through the website, every, all these other things that a lot of the other labels, labels lacked. Um, so he said, fuck it. I'm starting my own label. And that's how we did dissecting the angels. Um, brutal bands. Yeah. Br we were brutal bands. Oh, Oh one. Right. And, uh, you know, it was cool. Again, we, we were in a hurry to get the album out because we'd been together for, for quite a while and, and hadn't, you know, we, we felt that, that the thing was going out. We just had to get something out now. 
Um, I have so- a brutal band sticker on my first toolbox I ever had. Dude. <laughs> yeah, those the sick and fucking twisted yep, stickers. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know how many of those fuckers he made, but yeah, they were all over. Because I was talking to Scott back in the day, nothing came to fruition, but we were, you know, somewhat talking about getting carnivorous on brutal bands at the time. Dude, yeah. he was fucking all about carnivorous. I, I'd yeah, like dude. shit you not, like huge fan, shirt fucking. We listen to that CD all the fucking time in the truck. Um, Scott and I, uh, we were fucking inseparable best friends for, for a long time. Um, so, so yeah, he, I can tell you without a doubt, he was a huge fan. That's what was Scott's sick, last name? Cause I remember like we played, we played the, uh, it was uh, the bloodletting went to. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. We put yeah. that on you guys. Yeah. 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 I remember you guys played it too. I remember like just being like completely burnt, but I was like watching you guys from the merch being like, <laughs> fuck yeah, I've talked. I've talked to Scott online. What was his last name? Ellingbow. Uh, it doesn't ring a bill. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't like really roll. I remember Scott though. I remember Scott though. I remember Scott <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. Was he playing drums or something? No, he was guitar. Guitar. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, every every fucking everybody knew Scott because of the label. Okay, uh, that's what it was then. <laughs> there, there was one time uh, we were watching Gorgasm, and again we played shows them, hung out with them. And uh, Derek was drumming at the time and they came up and he's like, Hey Scott, can you, can you fucking record our set? And Scott's like, well, dude, I got the merch table. I'm, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm putting on the show. So I got all this and I was like, I'll do it. And he's like, yeah. So Scott, I'd really like for you to record. <laughs> I can do it. Like I'll do it. <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, all right. I'm going to go find somebody. <laughs> I was just like, motherfucker. <laughs> just thought it was like some random kid or whatever. And then later he's like, dude, didn't know you're an incinerate. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, he was the the face of everything for the longest time. So that's was... awesome, man. That's <laughs> so basically like so we're talking like we're at the 2001, 2002 kind of era of, of the band. Like, yeah, 2002. So so after that, like albums and stuff. Like tour. Did you guys do any tours? Did you guys play any like festivals? Like what was going on with you guys after that? So we did. Uh, we put out dissecting. Uh, haphazardly <laughs> um we bought the recording equipment uh stole a copy of uh cubase i think uh pirated it had no manual none of us had any fucking recording experience anything and and, and uh, the album shows i mean we, but we want to do everything ourselves that was a big thing is we were gonna do we're gonna do it all ourselves so record everything did the artwork did the logo whatever My hardcore respect the diy aspect in the diy uh mentality that a lot of me like artists that i like are like that's what the drive is like if nobody else is gonna help us we're just gonna fucking do it ourselves and this is this is what we came up with here it is we've had to, to bust our ass and work hard for fucking everything we we never never got a, a fucking spoon handed to us or whatever so Mm-hmm. I, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm proud of the work ethic we had. I'm proud of what we did and accomplished with that album. Uh, I just listened to it and want to fucking slip my wrist. <laughs> we all want to do that when we listen yeah. to our old shit, dude. So that came out and we got the opportunity to play that first uh, um, Maryland Death Fest. Um, so again, fucking pack up the, the pickup truck and drive out there. Um, we, we played, uh, kind of early, I think. And again, we, we were a completely unknown band on a, which Maryland death fest was it? Of. The very first one. Yeah. I was there, dude. Yeah. 
we met a, met a lot of friends, made a, made a lot of contacts, hung out with a lot of good people. That's where I met the guys from uh, Guttural Secrete, and they're still like oh, my yeah. best friends to this day. So uh, Ruben met him from Devourment, you know, so um, uh, fuck, you, know, you were there. It was a great fucking time, dude. It was yeah, insane. Dude. I think uh, Ruben had a tug of war with somebody over. A, he, he offered a T-shirt to the crowd, but they had to come up and get it from him. <laughs> and this one dude just tug of war with him while he was doing his vocals for like half the song didn't finally Ruben Holy just shit. like let it let it go and dude fell back into the crowd i was like yeah dude, dude. i actually that, got that a, fun, a, real, a real quick funny story just side side swipe the story real quick we I went to a fucking Ozfest with diego sanchez the fucking gnarly ufc <laughs> fighter and like we were b- both front row at Ozfest. this is like probably 2001 or two and uh we're front row for ozzy and stuff and um ozzy's playing throws his shirt out and Diego gets one half of it, and then some like group of people gets another half of it. And like, dude was like a fucking pit bull. He would like, it was like a fucking literally like a twenty five minute mission of just like them like Diego like was a pit bull or yeah, Diego it was him by himself. He's like you know a UFC champion or whatever. He was the fucking like, he was the nightmare dude. Yeah, yeah, he was just fucking insane. And he just would he just like got this look in his eye, and he just like would wouldn't let go for like all along until finally the the fucking when they had like four people on one shirt on one side of the shirt and then him it finally like split <laughs> like and, and they yeah. got this little piece of like a little scrap of fucking... i was gonna say dude they stretched out to where nobody's gonna be able to roll it after that, you know dude, that, that would have been know. amazing to see oh dude it wasn't i was a, i was actually it's kind of like what you talking about your first show experience i was probably I, I mean i was probably 17 or 18 i was like a kid you know up there and like diego sanchez he's like because my my uh, my sister was like his good friend, so she's like, "Oh, my friend Diego's coming," and I was like, "Oh, I don't know who he is." Until like way later, I'm like, "Oh shit, he's like a UFC champion." Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you know what I mean? Fucking, he was badass, dude. Oh, he was. That's he was scary, awesome. man. That was, no, like was the totally height scary. of his career at that time. Totally. Too, yeah, totally. that is that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. King so, of ground and pound. And I, I totally wasn't like I got into UFC probably like six or seven years later, so I was like, "Oh, just a fighter guy." Like you know, I had no idea, and people were like, "Dude, you." hung out with that guy what the fuck you know but yeah it was, it was a fucking seeing him like in insane mode i was like dude we're going to jail like, that's, that's <laughs> dude i was like hardcore into mma for like year i mean that was like my nfl or whatever that was yeah, yeah. i was huge into it so that that that, that story's fucking rad yeah, yeah. so random cut off so wherever you guys were i'm drinking you just had a name drop real quick I'd, let's keep talking UFC. <laughs> i'll drop my diego sanchez <laughs> Fucking! I've actually I have another. We're going to go into the Diego Sanchez story. Fucking! So one time we went to a party together, and uh, like you know, he's I didn't. He just was a tough guy. Is all I. I didn't know like who he was. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I didn't know like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know, like UFC champion, not you know, pretty tough. But um, one time like this party house that was just going off. My sister would bring their me there every time, and cops would bring it up. They'd break it up like. 99 i don't know how that place wasn't condemned it'd be like every night it'd be broken up by cops and people were running and jumping fences and um one time i went down to the basement and i go down there and it's just diego down there with three guys like bloodied against a wall <laughs> and he's just all like oh yeah get the fuck dude. back up there get the fuck back up there and i'm like oh shit all right I'm not <laughs> part of this this is not my this is not my scene <laughs> that was pre-ufc 
Yeah, I was like, a, sir, sto- I was like a stoner back then. I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, oh my, I was like all freaked out. I'd so drink, when you like, found out he was bro. a fighter after that, you're like, oh yeah, dude. It makes like, you know, actually, it's funny because I actually like uh, on his comments on Instagram, I was like, what's up, dude, blah, blah. And I mentioned the house name and stuff like that. And he just erased, he erased all of it. Like He's like, that's incriminating evidence. Breach yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, I didn't bring up the knocking out of the people. I, was, I just brought up the house name because it was like this party house. And he was just all like, went in deleted it all and i was like all right well fine you don't remember me it's cool i know you're famous <laughs> I, I got a, I got a question i met uh forrest griffin one time at yeah. the airport and uh yeah i like meeting like i met slayer and all these guys or whatever and it's like oh hey cool you know you're in a band whatever you know yeah um, but i was like legitimately like starstruck like oh my god dude like i don't want to go talk to him my i was with my parents and they're like uh uh, excuse me, Mr. Griffin, can my son take a picture with you? And I'm fucking, hi, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I go up there and I'm like, oh, I thought you'd be a lot bigger in person making a joke. And he fucking looked at me and I'm like, his joke? Oh, shit. Like, you know? But the, the thing that like blew me away, and, and this is leading to the long winded question, is like his hand was like the size, like three times because we did the, you know, like whatever pose. And his hand was so much bigger than mine. And his face, dude, like w- when you watch UFC or whatever and, on TV and Joe Rogan's like, oh, he's got a lot of scar tissue. So he bleeds easy. Like, <laughs> I had no idea how much fucking scar. Like it looked like somebody smashed a window and just rubbed his face in it for like four <laughs> days. There was that's how many like little cuts were everywhere. What was yeah. Diego like that too? From from scratch. Um, I mean, this is like this is actually I, I want to say it was before. It was actually pre UFC. So okay. it was, he, okay. he was in this like a uh, he was in this like a uh, it was Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it was like this random. I mean, it was like this big time for albuquerque kind of like fighting you have like a ultimate fighting kind of yeah they had a, uh, a big yeah totally yeah it was like a part they, of their like whole scene like it's in like they'd have like big old posters everywhere of like him going like this but it was pre him being in the uh that uh reality ultimate fighter uh show it's because he right won that there. show yeah yeah and uh but that was like maybe a year or two before that and like so i just knew him as like a aggressive male <laughs> it's like you're an aggressive human being and it's like i'm not gonna fight you but i didn't know he was like world champion aggressive like i knew he was like like you know a, a scary guy like the, yeah all my friends told me the stories and stuff and he was doing really well in that little league but um and then he went off to you know everyone knows his name kind of household thing but yeah he was no he was like young young man he was probably a lot lighter than you see him now and just a skinny like not skinny but like kind of like skinny buff guy that was just like super chill and but he had a fucking trigger that would go off and he was just nuts you know what i mean and i was yeah. like i'm gonna get the fuck away from this guy i have a couple times so i'm like dude i'm out <laughs> you know? dude that that's that's super cool to me that's a i like that's a good story thank you yeah yeah fuck yeah the end <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't know if this would be a good time to start digging into jared a little bit I, we've been going for a while yeah, yeah. yeah i feel like yeah, yeah, yeah whatever Let's get vomiting out of the mouth here. That's all good, dude. No, it's <laughs> no, good it's, shit. It's all good shit. Hike school. But yeah, I want, I want, I want that Jared Deaver story, dude. So same. And then thing, I had dude. my first beer. It was right. <laughs> I was twenty-one when I started drinking alcohol. <laughs> what? Yeah, when I was fourteen. <laughs> Never did any drugs in my life ever. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, right. a it's a move. I mean, that's why oh, you fucking oh. look like you're fucking younger than us, and you're like, a, right. totally. We're the That's same right. age, and I look like your grandpa. <laughs> I adjusted that 
filter before we got on here. It's my appearance or whatever the fuck it says. I didn't mean to laugh that hard, Jesse, but I did, dude. I'm sorry. You should see when he puts a man bun in. Like <laughs> have you seen the show silicon valley where they're making oh, the face filter and he moves and the mustache is doing this <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> one of my favorite shows yeah, love it. <laughs> nice but yeah jared take us back a little ways and to when uh music became more than just background noise oh so my story is like way younger right like when i was a baby like a little kid my dad was a baptist minister of all things right so i grew up in church right Mm -hmm. and oddly enough when i was like five six seven years old you know my mom was a singer my dad was a singer and when i would hear i guess guitar dominant music in church that would like attract me to it right like there was this one song called hold to god's unchanging hands of all things right and Hold on, I'm going to write that down. That's going right. to be the time. It was like a, like a, like a typical non-denominational church hymn, right? And it had this like Not little anymore. guitar roof in it, right? <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, now it's well known. Yeah, now it's an incinerate album. Uh, but it had this little guitar riff in it. I was like, oh, it's cool. You know, and I, I wanted to learn how to play that, like from an early age. My parents would listen to like poppy Christian music, like Carmen or Petra, stuff like that, right? And I would always just gravitate towards the more guitar heavy stuff. There was always like a rock song on the album, right? So I just remember that from when I was a kid, like just from day one, I was always kind of gravitating towards that shit. So then as I got older, you know, like 10, 11 years old, older, um, I started listening to like Striper, uh, White Cross. um, What's another one? Blood Good, different bands like that. Cause it was really all my parents would accept. Right. I was like, Hey, but it's Christian dad, you know, they have a good message and all this stuff, but it was still kind of metalish. Right. Did I let you listen to accept though. Did you listen to accept? No, no, that wasn't until later actually in life. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh, these guys are good. Right. (laughs) Who knows the shit falls to the walls, bro. Yeah. So I got into him later, but yeah. So it was all this kind of Christian heavy metal scene I was into for a while. Right. And Roxy and I found a couple of kids that I kind of, you know, gravitated towards and hung out with shit like that. Uh, and then I, you know, I built like wooden guitars, like Jesse did cardboard guitars. I literally built a wooden striper, like painted it yellow and black and all kinds of shit. Right. That was my thing. I was a big striper kid. Nice. So as I got older, I wanted to learn how to kind of play that shit. Right. I was like, Oh, I always want to learn how to play guitar. And I, and I would, I, I took guitar lessons. I started at 12 and I would go to my guitar teacher and they'd start like, I had this like bluesy guy as my teacher <clears throat> and he would show me like pentatonic scales and like blues chords and stuff like that. And I was like, that's cool. But then like second lesson I went, I was like, Hey, I want to learn this riff from for whom the bell tolls. Or I want to learn this riff from am I evil or whatever. So I would spend my half an hour lesson having him learn it by ear and teach me how to do it. Wow. So that was just kind of how I got started in it. Right. Like I started learning some scales and shit like that, but really didn't take off until later on. But I was always trying to learn other like cool parts of songs. Right. Like, am I evil? Right. The main riff or for whom the bell tolls, the main riff shit like that. Right. And I would always kind of try to pick that shit out on guitar. Um, the downside of that, I think now that I look back on it is, is my ear never really developed like it should have. Right. So I always kind of think of myself as like more of a guitar player than I am a musician, if that makes sense. Right. Like I have to kind of read it and analyze it and 
learn it by the numbers, right? It's hard for me to pick stuff up by year and stuff like that. So anyway, um, fast forward to like high school, stuff like that. I actually went to junior high with Leon from uh, Impaled. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So for Zoom, right? So we went to the same uh, junior high together. And, you know, we'd kind of, our paths would cross and he used to wear this like headbangers bald denim jacket. And he had like this fucking long mullet, dude. Like, I mean, <laughs> just fucking mullet. It was just short up here and, and long as fuck. And I'd always yell at him, headbanger. You know, I was like, the whole thing. He's like, yeah, you know, and like, yada, 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 right? So eventually we we kind of met and hung out and decided that we were like-minded with music and shit like that. We'd go to Guitar Center and hang out and we'd see a couple other metal dudes and jam in little jam room, shit like that. So then Leon and I started kind of, you know, picking away a guitar together at my parents' house. And both of us kind of decided we wanted to play stuff that like made our fingers look really cool, right? And it was like anything that made me move around a lot on the neck. So that's kind of how I got started in this whole technical death metal thing. Um, but I was like kind of influenced my brother. He was older than me a couple of years, two and a half years older than me. He was a Guns N' Roses guy, you know, got into Slayer, Metallica, shit like that. Um, so I was always listening to that shit. But then I like Jesse, I went to like Tower Records. I can't remember who I went with or, or I can't remember another name of the place, Columbia Records or something like that. You know, they'll tape stores in the mall, right? And I was always looking at, uh, you know, things that looked cool, like the logos or the pictures. And I was like, oh, that's brutal looking. That's cool. And I also found Deicide's Deicide, right? So I was like, that logo looks cool. That looks like it's heavy, right? So I took that home and popped it in. I was like, fuck! You know, blew my fucking what, mind. What and, would your parents think, dude? Oh, yeah. It was a complete 180, <laughs> right? So, you know, I was always a pretty good kid, man. I was pretty straight edge and all that shit. And, you know, learned from my brother's mistakes. He was a dumbass that would drink and do some drugs and get in trouble, stuff like that. But I always kind of just walked that straight and narrow with my parents, right? So I was, uh, you know, better in school and didn't really get in trouble. Didn't mess around too much. Um, so they kind of accepted the music stuff. And, of course, I was still selling the whole, you know, striper thing to them and everything else, right? <laughs> But then, uh, <laughs> stripers just the, the, that that was striper like, guys, don't worry, dude. We yeah, it's all stripers, cool. Yeah, it's cool. Right? They got a new album, they got it's really right. it's, it's really good. It's called DSI, DSI, no big deal, you know, lunatic of God's creation, stuff like that. Bless her, on where the fuck it was, right? So, anyway, that shit kind of got me going. I was about 14, 15 when I found that shit, and then you know, Leon and I just kept kind of getting heavier and heavier and more and more technical. He was like you know, the entombed side of things, the European death metal side of things. And I was more the deicide oppressor obituary, kind of a American brutal death metal, technical brutal death metal. Right. So we meshed. Okay. We actually ended up starting a band called infanticide together. Um, that was basically my band throughout my teenage years. And it was, you know, it was brutal death metal. And the, the, the growler was just one of these old guys, you know, oh, that kind of thing. Right. That's all he had. Um, but he had good stage presence and it was cool. Drummer was decent. He was a thrash metal guy. So we played in that band for a while. Um, and then Leon and I kind of branched out and ended up starting Impaled. Um, so me and Le no, it wasn't Leon actually. Me and Leon parted ways for a year or something like that. I can't remember why. Oh, so we became friends with Exhumed, right? So we would, uh, Infanticide would play shows at the Cupertino Public Library of all places out in San Jose and stuff like that with Exhumed. We're all teenagers, man, 16, 17 years old. We played a couple of radio shows out there, uh, met the Exhumed guys out there. 
uh, became friends with them. And Leon was just like enamored with those guys. That was his thing, man, that kind of European death metal sound, right? Carcassy, whatever. And I was like, eh, you know, I want to play brutal American style death metal. That was my thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So we kind of separated. He kind of started meshing with those Exhumed guys. Um, so I ended up uh, jamming with another guy named Sean, um, Sean McGrath, right? And he was one of the guys that founded Impaled, right? So he and I got together, started playing guitar. We were kind of doing our, our first demo. The first Impaled demo was like uh, an oppressor worship almost, right? There was a lot of technical shit. We had a song called Baby Grinder, um, brutally dismembered symphonic gore, stuff like that, right? So it was this crazy kind of pushing yourself in a technical level of, of a musicianship, right? So we were doing the same thing, making our fingers look cool. That was the whole idea. Sean was more of a musician, uh, more of a songwriter. He could, he could deal with structure, shit like that. And I was just more of like, let's make it look cool, right? So we did that for a while. We found a drummer out of Soundwave Studios in Oakland, uh, Raul Varela, right? And then we started Impaled, did the Septic Vomit demo. Um, shit, we did like one other demo that's like way underground, man. It's really hard to get a hold of. We, we recorded it with Guy from, God, what was the fucking name of that band? not skeptic or can't really get anyway the guy fucking recorded it for us we did like a three song demo um that three songs so the septic vomit demo, demo was more like brutal technical death metal the other demo that we did leon had kind of come back in the picture at some point and it was starting to really sound exumy what is now kind of what impaled is and i just didn't like it just wasn't my thing. I was like, eh, this is too much like exhumed. It's a little too carcassy, a little too European for me. You know, I didn't want to do this whole kind of battle of the bands thing. Um, so I ended up quitting impaled, um, kind of soon after that. Cause I just remember like the direction of it. Um, and then, uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I kind of did some stuff on my own or whatever else. And strangely enough, um, my, I, I played in a couple of local bands like Cypheria uh, was one of the bands I played. Yeah, in. I wanted to talk yeah. about Cypheria. Yeah, so I, I was in, I kind of, you know, it was just in the scene, right? And I would see, I saw Cypheria in like Concord, right? And it was when Tom was doing like bass and vocals and Lyle was on keyboards, you know, Dragon Lord dude, right? Yep. Um, and they just fucking blew me away, man. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like Nocturnus on crack, right? And it wasn't like brutal, brutal death metal, but it was like this crazy weird, like, there was like ballet shit in there. And it was like Shoot all down. this technical shit. And it was like this fucking guy's vocals were insane. It wasn't like brutal, brutal vocals, but he had this crazy, like, raspy kind of mid-range vocals. That was extremely down, unique, right? So those guys kind of blew me away. And I was, you know, a fan of theirs for a while. Um, ended up filling on bass for them uh, a couple times. And then that ended up leading me into a, uh, oddly enough, management position for Vile. Right. So I ended up managing Vile and I had a ton of connections in the scene by this time. So I was giving them, you know, I got them hooked up with like a King Diamond show or a Cradle Phil show or something crazy like that. So I'd always oh. put them on these big bills. And of course, they were a good fucking band that blew my fucking mind when I was a kid. Right. I saw them play with, you know, Jimmy T and Colin and Juan um, in Concord somewhere. Was Hamilton on drums too? Or yeah, was Mike Hamilton was on drums. Yep. Yeah. So that's where I met Mike, right? And it just fucking was like, what the fuck? These guys are pro. It's amazing, right? Um, super talented. Kind of sounded like Cannibal Corpse, but I really liked it, right? Yeah. Um, so I ended up kind of managing those guys and stuff. And then I ended up playing bass for them for like two months, right? Learned a couple songs, never did any shows, anything like that. That didn't really lead anywhere. But that's how I kind of became friends with Mike Hamilton. 
Um, and then I just did my, my own thing for a little while, sat in the room, practiced guitar, stuff like that, wrote a few songs. And then Mike ended up joining Deeds of Flesh. And then, God, this was 99, 2000, somewhere around there. He ended up giving me a call because Disgorge was looking for a guitar player of all people, right? So they were looking for a second guitar player. So I called Ricky and I talked to him a couple times and I was going to go down there and try out the whole nine yards. And um, we just never connected, man. Like I called him. I was like, hey, bro, what's, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? And he just like fucking flaked on me basically, right? Mm, Good friend of mine, yeah. Phil love the dude to death. Ricky's killer. But he just never called me back, man. Yeah. So then uh, probably like six months later, Mike called me up. He's like, hey, bro, like if this board isn't working out, do you want to come jam with us? And I was like, who's us? He's like, well, Deeds of Flesh, right? I was like, sure, why not, right? So I fucking uh, go down there. I met with Eric and Jacoby and Mike and learned a couple songs and just – that was it, man. We just fucking crushed it for like a year, year and a half, somewhere around there. So it was right, right after Path of the Weakening and right before Mark of the Legion. So right in between that yeah. time. So you uh, weren't at I, uh, like the Ohio Death Fest yet or the, um, you, you didn't do any of those fests, did you, those early fests? I did. I played Ohio Death Fest with Deeds of Flesh in 2000. That's funny. Okay. Point orgasm was there and all that stuff right so yeah. i did that i was on the first bloodletting tour if that helps right so the first bloodletting north america tour i was on that was deeds of flesh disgorge cephalic carnage yep. and uh mortal decay yep i was yeah. there in yeah. 2000 at the showcase theater in corona okay and i was 17 years old still in high oh, school oh wow it was That's one of the crazy. first death metal shows I went to, and uh, dude, we were rocking out hard. And I remember you had long hair at that. Yep. Right yeah, yeah, long, day. long blonde hair. Yeah, we were just like, dude, these guys are so sick. And I remember you, man. I remember like, dude, this guy fucking shreds, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, just... it's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so funny to me because like I always hope you know like when I talk to younger cats or guys that kind of grew up listening to what I did and stuff like that, like I wasn't an asshole. You know what I mean? I'm just like fuck, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, I was such an arrogant fuck back then too. Like. <laughs> you know, it was just my thing, man. I was just kind of like in the zone and I was like, oh yeah, cool. I'll sign your book or whatever, you know, it was just kind of an asshole, but hopefully you guys didn't have that experience, but anyway, not, not at all. No, no, cool. Good, good. Yeah. As long, as long as I was cool to you motherfuckers that I'm happy. Right? <laughs> no, uh, I, but, I was going to yeah. say, I probably, cause uh, you and I, where yeah. we met was through severed and yep. carnivorous in the rehearsal studio. You know, yes, yes. I think I literally met you for the first time at a severed jam. Probably, yeah, yeah. And we got the infamous parties where you've you've uh, witnessed me be the fucking drunk puker yeah. all over Troy's. Fucking <laughs> He's got another one of those. That's yeah, it's. yeah. So yeah, Anthony was always the guy that was like puking in the sink, right? And I was like, oh, that's that kid. Okay, cool. It's like what he had like that crazy hair, like the mushroom cut or whatever it was back then. <laughs> yeah, at that. Yeah. Uh, at that Ohio Death Fest, I, I got fucking hammered and I was throwing up and had puke all over my fucking Deeds of Flesh hoodie. And Eric was just fucking laughing at me. And yeah. I was like, so stoked to meet him. And I was like, how's it going? <laughs> like, just fucking. Yeah. yeah, dude, I thought it was super cool to grow the top of my hair out and not the whole thing, which <laughs> right. I didn't have the hair for it in the beginning. Super it's super thin. Yeah. It's super fucking stupid. But yeah, dude, I, I just remember like, projectile vomiting all over Troy's kitchen yep. and, and yep. you're just being like <laughs> giggling at me the whole time it's happening. Yeah. Like it's cool, bro. You're good. Right. <laughs> and then I felt I like passed out on his front porch and I just like 
half remember like you guys even though you guys put a blanket on me you like fuck with me for the rest yeah of the i think i might have put that blanket on you know <laughs> think about it yeah dude you guys definitely yeah. took care of me even though i was the brunt of a fucking joke for the rest of the night dude yeah sure. yeah there was i remember a couple of, like dan kenny was another kid that was kind of hanging around mm-hmm. a lot like i think i yep. sold him a guitar or something like that too but mm-hmm yeah, yeah, those were the days, man. You know, good shit. Yeah, you watched you you watched us get like our you know feet wet. Yeah, you know? yeah. And 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 uh, watching you guys jam really was like, you know, we we're taking notes. We were in class, dude. We were right. you know learning. So, yeah. it, How did you go from me, man, to to see like the younger generation and they, they, you know, they're expressing or telling me that they were influenced by deeds of flesh or severed savior. And so I'm like, what, you know, like, I don't feel that old, but I guess I am right. Like I'm, I'm a different generation. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, old it's OGs <laughs> now, dude. Yeah. We're even considered OGs now, dude. And, right. and you're talking about us as the young cats. We're yeah. considered the OGs. We, now uh, too. We, we played that Bay area death fest one year and I said, okay, this is a, uh, one of the first songs we wrote, this was uh, written in 1998. Who here wasn't born yet? And like, there were so many hands that went yeah. off. I was just like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> so funny, dude. <laughs> fuck, dude. 98 was a man. good year, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was bananas, man. So yeah, I was at that Ohio Death Fest, and I did that Milwaukee Metal Fest, too, with these. Um, okay, I, I saw you both times. Yeah, yeah. That's And we, we actually got, I guess you call it lucky. We paid, I think we paid like 700 bucks for a merch booth. But we made hell of money at that merch, like three times that much, right? I mean, I was I say hell of money, but it was like three times what we paid. So that was good for a tour, right? Fuck yeah. And we got lucky with our slot. Like we paid played in that like medium-sized room. Yeah. But it was like alongside some random band. So we had like the bigger crowd, which was good for us. Um, because I remember like Cyphery of all people, they paid a thousand dollars to play that show. And they had to play like this little tiny room while King Diamond was playing. And I was like, Oh my God. Jesus. And of course I went to see Cypheria, right? As much as I wanted to see the fucking King, you know, I was over at Cypheria to support them. But anyway, um, so yeah, uh, Deeds of Flesh, right? So then I did the two tours, United States and Canada with Deeds of Flesh. Uh, the second one was with Vader and Dying Fetus. Um, and then, fuck, I can't remember the opener. I think us and somebody else switch. It's Fallout Carnage, I think it was again. Yeah, anyway, um, did that tour. And then that tour brought me through Concord, oddly enough. And then the Severed Savior guys were there and they had thrown me a demo um, like on the last tour or something. So I was like, oh, these guys are really good. We're going to play, you know, play a show with them in Concord or something. So they ended up playing with us and we played with them. And then after the show, Murray came up to me and was like, hey, man, you know, you you live out here in the Bay Area? I says, yeah. He says, well, we're looking for a guitar player. And Severed Savior I was like, oh, no shit. Okay. So we kind of started talking back and forth. And then at the time, you know, I was, I was feeling the pressure from the kid, you know, I'd already had this, my son, I mean, he was with my parents and I was out touring and being a fucking shiftless musician and all that shit. So I sat down with Eric. I was like, Hey bro, I gotta go take care of my kids. So I ended up quitting deeds of flesh, uh, went down the back to the Bay area, started taking care of my kid, got a job, graduated high school, all that shit. Um, got my, whatever it was GED and then ended up joining Severed Savior, um, and did, just the two albums of them, Forced to Bleed and Brutality is Law. Yeah. And then um, that's that's really about it, man. That's kind of my claim to fame right there. And then uh, I just kind of did my own thing for a while, man. I ended up becoming a police officer in the Bay Area uh, after the Server Savior thing. So I did that for about 10 years. 
kind of floated around, um, messed around with a little bit of symphonic metal. I put a demo out for the band called Dawn of Morgana with a female singer. Um, always wanted to do that since I was a kid. You know, I'd, I'd been like enamored by like the gathering and Nightwish bands like that. So I did a little project like that. And then uh, out of the blue, Jesse called me and uh, was like, hey, we want to do some like old school death metal style shit, man. And I was like, well, I'm your guy. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome that you stuck with it throughout that whole time of not doing music. You still yeah. kept the chops up and still loved the craft and yep. your instrument so that's yeah awesome dude. yeah I, I was extremely rare in my career field obviously right like there wasn't any like brutal legitimate brutal death metal guys in law enforcement that i ever knew you know what i mean like i knew yeah. some other guys who were like oh, we like metal or we like heavy stuff like slipknot or whatever right the drummer of uh internal bleeding who passed away he was a firefighter was yeah it? yeah that's still those it's like it's a rare thing to have yeah, and, uh, very rare. you got a guy from uh red cord He's a, I think he's a police officer. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah, I knew like one other cat from a local kind of progressive metal band called Unjust that became a sheriff, and then like the dude from Iced Earth, the singer, became like some cop out in Minnesota or something like that. Um, but yeah, man. One of the dudes uh, from Benum, I thought Pete. Maybe. Pete, yes, I still yeah. talk to that guy. He became a corrections officer, actually. Yeah, so he's a, okay. like a prison guard, right? Very similar, um, you know, field, but. Yeah, I just never. And then there was one young girl out of here that was in Casket of Cassandra or something, like just some local band. Um, she ended up being a cop in Texas. But, you know, other than that, dude, it was, I was, you know, super rare. So, like, you know, most guys golf or fucking go to the gun range or like fast cars or sports or whatever. I was just a fucking death metal guy, right? And I was totally, like, dude. You know, what can I do to support my fucking family and all this other shit? And I was always active and into fitness and, you know, helping people and all that shit. So, I got into law enforcement. I was able to do that. And I, I was, it, it was actually kind of conducive to it too, because it was shift work. Right. So I'd work, you know, four days on three days off, three days on four days off, stuff like that. So I had a lot of time on my hands to jam and practice and write shit. Sweet, um, so that's really it, man. I started kind of working on my lead chops and stuff like that. And then Jesse approached me and was like, Hey, we want to do like leads and solos and shit like that. And I was like, Oh fuck. Right. Like, <laughs> I never really did that. I mean, I did a couple of them in Severed, but it was just like kind of improvised and with D's that we never did any solos at all. Um, and I never really thought of myself as a lead player. I always wanted to be, you know, thought I could be, um, but I never really thought of it as like what I did. Right. So this was actually the first Sacrilegium was the first album where I actually tried to push myself as a lead guitar player. Um, and I think I accomplished it. Like, and, and you know, you guys talk about like disincarnate and stuff like that. I was a huge fucking James Murphy fan, man. Like oh, the yeah. solos yeah. he did, like on cause of death, even like the cancer album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, all of his, his solos stand out. All, all his cameo solos. Dude. Yeah, dude. Like on the, totally know it's him, yeah. Man. yeah. Like even fucking that was it considered dead. Gorgas considered, he did a fucking cameo fucking solo on there. I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Right. And I even had him confused with guitar player from Obituary. I think it was Alan West was the guy's name or something like that. And I thought he did that solo, but then I saw him live and I was like, that's not the solo on Cause of Death. Why doesn't it sound the same? I was like, oh, because it's James Murphy, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. So then I started following James Murphy and just kind of like, he was my fucking God, right? Just his fucking Lakato sheer staccato shit was like super fucking tight and crazy. And You got some lessons from him too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. He actually stole me 40 bucks, that guy. But, um, <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Fucker. James, if you're listening, I'm going to want that back. Um, but yeah, I we're going to make a WWF video after this. Come yeah, on. yeah. The guy lived in uh, he lived in Oakland, man. So um, I went down to his house. I took some fucking lessons and shit like that. I took him to get a turkey bowl at Jack in the Box, and I was like, ah, oh, fanboy, right? <laughs> and recently, like I still keep up with him on Facebook. Like he'll he'll auction some shit off every once in a while. Like I bought a uh, I bought a Cause of Death vinyl record. So it's like in plastic signed by James Murphy and like all this other shit. And I was like, it's my favorite obituary album, my favorite guitar player. And like, I've got it on my little fucking shelf over here. Paid like 300 bucks for it. I'm like, fuck, this is amazing. Right. So little fanboy <laughs> shit, good. but you know, and that's kind of, you know, that was my influence, man. It was always that kind of, you know, melodic minor shit and, you know, stuff like that. So the kids seem to like it so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, James Murphy, he's out in uh, like, he'd come to our shows in Florida. Yeah, right. I think he's in Florida now. Yeah. 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 Just randomly, like, I didn't. Yep. It's the guy with a baseball cap on, and like, Matt would be like, dude, that's fucking James Murphy. I'm like, shut yeah. the fuck up yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he like had some cancer issues and oh, okay. a couple of, like, surgeries. We went to that. Uh, there was a benefit show for him. Wasn't mm-hmm. that that Ohio thing? The Severe Torture played, uh, played a song. God, I don't remember what it was. I've killed so many fucking brain cells, but. <laughs> he was like up against like this far from the guitar player, just standing there watching it. And the right. guitar player's like, oh, and he plays a song. And I was standing next to him because, you know, I was like, oh, James Murphy, I'm fucking yeah. oh, blow you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I'm the same, dude. Yeah. And uh, he's like, the guitar player was like, so how did I do that? Did, did I do okay? Did I play it right? And he goes, I have no idea, but it sounded great. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being a, being a local guy, man, uh, when I was practicing with Impaled, we ended up sharing a room temporarily in Oakland Soundwave Studios with Conqueror. And uh, James Murphy played guitar in Conqueror for a while. Oh, okay. So, like, when I would go to my practices with Impaled, I would see, like, his equipment in there and, like, his guitar. And, like, every once in a while, I'd be able to watch him practice. And I got to see him live and shit. And I was like, holy fuck, you know? Like, it was, like, super fanboy moment, man. Jesus. So, I mean, I mean, uh, so, Jesse, you listen to, like, Jared's stories and stuff. Like, I mean, being from uh, where just- you're where you're from i mean as, oh no no as far as like where you're from and versus like what what like jared had like access to like you just do you ever think about like what your life would be like i mean because like the bay area like death metal thrash metal scene was like the, the fucking that was the place that was like right. there was like on both coast you know like, florida and stuff like that and, and you know some new york shit and you have fucking the bay area scene like do you ever like look back at like Jared's stories and be like, God damn, like, well, because you found like a random dude with a fucking record store. And like, I mean, I'm just I'm linking your guys two stories together. Like as far as like what would have become of you if you grew up around here? It, it, <laughs> believe me, uh, we've we've thought about it. There was a, a, a time um, when we seriously considered relocating to somewhere in California. We, we were obsessed with the Cali death scene. I mean, there's so many fucking good bands that, that you know, that we were falling in love with. And, and we just could not find like-minded musicians. That's, you know, two things. One, we, we didn't want to become like a full-time touring band. Um, Scott had kids, um, you know, there were families and, and stuff like that. And, and everybody was making fucking good money. So nobody wanted to leave their jobs to go on the road on a, on a maybe <clears throat> we had a, a, some opportunities. Um, 
there was a South America tour with the scourge that we were offered that, that we ended up having to turn down. Um, but yeah, we, we went through, you know, a number of drum auditions and people coming in and, and doing skank beats and stuff. And, um, there was one deathcore kid that actually could do it, but he was like, no, I, I want to do deathcore stuff instead. And, you know, it can't, can't blame you. So yeah, uh, the answer to the question is, is definitely thought about it. Um, we wanted definitely. to. Um, there was a time when, when Scott's relationship with his wife was kind of on the rocks and I'm fucking, let's do it. Let's fucking do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah right now. So that, that's why ultimately, you know, why we ended up getting, um, Darren to do drums is, you know, we knew he was capable. He was fucking crazy. We knew he could do whatever we wanted. And, uh, it was fucking, fucking ridiculous. Um, so we sent him guitar tracks and like two days later he has almost the whole fucking album programmed on a drum machine and sent to us and again 2003 2005 whatever fucking timeline that was drum machines were like you know you had to fucking hit the button in time and you know do half a song and then save it because there was no memory i mean so the work ethic Jesus. we were like holy fuck this is insane so we were like okay change this do this we like this do that and he's like okay and then i swear to god it was like three more days later here's all the fucking recorded drums and i and we're just like holy fuck jesus like, it was insane yeah that guy and was then, an animal uh, erlin actually we were on the smn forums you know oh fucking, yeah 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 what was, what, your, what, your, what, your name was like Jesse and Sin or something, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, 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 okay. Sin vocals or some some shit. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I don't know. I I, I wasted way too many fucking <laughs> too, hours, man. weeks, months, years of my life on that fucking. Oh, totally. Dude, I used to take I used to take my lunch break and just, I uh, dude, but I got so many gems of like music recommendations from oh, my place. God. It well, was it's just. just it was all the assholes, dude. All the fucking the trolls before they were called trolls, dude. You know, yeah, I, you guys have talked about this before. The decrepit birth forum was fucking. That was it. I mean, there was. And it had so to be changed. Matt didn't even want his name on it anymore. It turned into the yeah, death metal yeah. discussion. It dude, to this day, if I see discussion. that coma dude in public, I'm gonna punch his teeth down his fucking throat. <laughs> I swear to fucking god, dude. Well, I remember Matt would like just invite him to shows and stuff. And be like, dude. Like, I mean, not like it wasn't, but I think Coma took it as like a, as like he thought he was going to be jumped kind of thing. But like, we I, like, Matt, why would 100%? <laughs> Actually, he was after me. Like, there was a while he's, I didn't, you know, there was no like, like nowadays, like with the how social media works, like you understand what's going on, you, you get on the vibe of what's like what people are doing and stuff. But this was like pre almost pre social media, like fucking like MySpace yeah. had just started. Like, this is like, I'm in forums and people are going like, fuck Joel. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, you know what I mean? Not, not, you know, people would like be personal and be like, and all of a sudden you have to react to it. And you're just like, I was working at Circuit City at the time. I was like on my like, but we had like the an internet browser, like on our fucking computers, every computer we had. So I could just go on it and just see it. And it was like, so it's constant all day long while I was at work and stuff. And I was like, just basically just reacting to the like, the troll shit yes. you know like just walking right into it just like it's like well what's going on here and just like walking directly into like the fucking the the hate that there has become like youtube comments or something like that like just not even knowing what i'm doing you know what i mean and just dude, being like well fuck the, you dude the best <laughs> fucking story ever they added tags so you could put tags 
uh, under things. It was like pre hashtags, whatever, right? And mm-hmm. there was a dude on there, Roman Tenement. Oh god, yeah, from uh, 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 what's the, what's the band? I don't even know. No, he was in a uh, uh, Phil from a uh, first fragment. That band with him. That's where they started. But anyway, Pro- probably a great guy. I, I I don't know him personally. No, no, no I didn't like him at all back in the day. I didn't. The story was. Was it depulsed? The story was so you could do hole. tags, and his name is so obscure. But yet the tags you could search them on Google or whatever, and they would come up. So people just started making all these fucking random tags, and there was like Roman Tenement must die, fuck Roman, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of them was like Roman Tenement does drugs or something. And he said that he went to a job interview and they Googled his name and found that. And because of that bullshit, he didn't get the fucking job. And this was like, you know, before MySpace, like you said, before Facebook, before, you know, anything, employers could do that thing. So like, oh my God, that forum literally ruined fucking lives. (laughs) (laughs) That dude, that poor bastard could probably be a fucking millionaire by now or whatever, driving a Lambo, but smn news ruined his life god jared did you ever ever jump on that shit the smn no, news shit i've never even heard of it dude okay that's probably that's probably a good thing that's a good thing yeah yeah but I'm, I'm not the best example guys i'm i'm fairly disconnected from the scene and have been for a long time right so it's like i have a lot of memories and a lot of stories and a lot of good times but i never kind of took it as far as you guys did right like I just got real disconnected with it with law enforcement and the family and all that other shit. But uh, oh, me too, we're... dude. Dude, I'm just yeah. like the pandemic and and this show has gotten me like to dive deep back into metal. Yeah, that's good, dude. Yeah, I mean, this this is the most I've really kind of talked about death metal and thought about it. You know, and like totally, dude. I mean, I was doing the same thing. I got we were talking. I got three kids and and a yeah. fucking full time job, dude. It's really hard to fucking think about much else than that right right yeah it's tough man but i I don't want to lose it either right so this kind of shit's good man that's why we're trying to like this is like a conservatory an archive that we're doing here we don't want to lose it either yeah it's the best part about the the, doing this podcast is like oh this band's coming on this week okay well i'm gonna listen to them a bunch i'm like yeah it's forcing us to to get a variety and yeah actually not just go for the oh i'm gonna go listen to the classics again you're like forced yeah because i have my we, we all have our go-to's for death metal we all have our yeah. yep. like instant ones that we're gonna be like okay well i'm in this mood i'm gonna put this on you know what i mean so like you have to think about like what all the stuff like like what you guys have created and stuff in the past and stuff like it's like there's other influences now there's new bands out there's all these things that they've taken your influence and they've been like okay this now okay this now and like to get them like on the podcast and listen to them and like the like literally there's been times like within 15 minutes before the podcast i'm like i'm gonna throw them on and just listen to them like holy shit this is like really fucking good like oh my god like my like old i mean you guys are old school like my mid old schoolness would be like kind of like no i don't want to I don't want to, you know, take any more on. Like, I don't want to listen to the new, you know. Let's, it's, let's yeah. just put on Pierce from Within again. It's part of I, a, I think the, yeah, the, go ahead. The, the biggest thing for, for us wasn't, like, there's a lot of bands that we've run into that are like, oh, we're the fucking best. Like, yeah, our shit's so much harder to play than yours. Um, yeah, we're opening up for so-and-so. You know, and, and dude, that's fucking rad. Like, I, I'm super stoked, you know, and I think it's it's huge and awesome to have that mentality, right? our mentality has always been different. Like we were like, 
genuine fans of the fucking music. Scott started the record label. No, nobody totally. makes fucking tons of money off death metal. We started it because we like fucking death metal and to help people get their name out there, right? Like when we'd get an opportunity to play a festival, we'd be like, holy fuck, dude, like Brodequin's playing, Malignancy's playing, like Lost yeah, yeah. DK. Dude, like now they're all our friends, but at the time it was like, dude, I, I totally want to see these guys. Let's play the show. Like, what are we getting paid? Who fucking cares? I want, I want right. to, you know, I, I would fly out there. I would drive out there regardless. I just, I want to go check out the bands. And I've always been either at the bar <laughs> or uh, side stage watching the drummer. I, I like, I fucking love drummers. I, I, KC fucking, oh my God, this guy's fucking amazing. Joel, like I saw you fucking, I don't know how many times, you know, whatever. Like I'm just a huge fan of the music and, and watching guys play and, and going. So that, that's always been the mentality is, is we like the music. Like if this is what I'm listening to now, let's, you know, let that influence in this. That's what this album is going to sound like. So also the mentality, like you said something kind of earlier that kind of like peaked me a little bit, like the, a band saying like oh we're the best or blah, blah. it's like that was never the really the mentality back in the day it was more like dude we're in this you know like the new kids going like oh we're so sick well it's like the ego we've never, thing we've, i honestly like, can say that like i've never heard any member of odious mortem say i wonder what somebody's gonna think about this right. we've always just been like this is fucking this is what we want to do and we're gonna well, it's not even it that it's, it's like the, it's like us. someone like walking up and being like dude we're sick dude we're so sick. we've like, never we... been that guy but but we've never that's been what i'm that saying band, but i'm saying like also just like doing it for you first like i don't know it's you're not there's there's definitely bands out there that is for sure doing it for their audience more than they're doing it for themselves oh, absolutely you know well, yeah that's, well, that's what's unique about death metal man is like we we do it because we love it i mean my exactly. parents don't like this shit my wife doesn't like this shit my kids don't <laughs> like this shit you know what i mean like yeah nobody i fucking know likes it except you guys you know what i mean it's like <laughs> totally except it other is, death metal fans right so, but you know, like as, writing for this symphonic metal band I tried to write shit that was a little more radio friendly, but I still couldn't do it. It still became a little heavier than what those bands are, right? Yeah. Because I just wrote more shit that I liked, right? But that's I just think the for us and the, the brutal technical death metal or brutal death metal or however you want to fucking label it, we all know that it's not mainstream. We all know it's not going anywhere. We all know that we've played, you know, so many shows and one night you'll have 50 fucking people and the next night you could get lucky and have 300 or whatever. Like we know that. But I see it so much more in like the 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 suicide silent type band. The, you know, I, I just label it as deathcore, tech death, mm -hmm. whatever. The younger kids are like, I'm gonna fucking make it big. Like I'm gonna make a ton of money. Like they, like yeah, they they think that it's it's gonna be the future. And well, I think it's the mixture of the the social media and the ego and the likes and all these things like mixed in with music. You know what I mean? Like it's people are trying to brand themselves with something nowadays to be seen as something bigger than you know they, they want to be like they want to be an influence i don't not necessarily an influencer but they want to be like they see bands that are getting all the social media attention and then it becomes it turns into an ego and like start speaking like it's like this like internet ego that you start building you know what i mean do you I'm, think that myspace was a big influence it was pretty on that old kind of mentality and music yeah, I think it was the influence, but I think yeah, it was like there free. was bands that made it off MySpace because totally. they got a bot that would fucking generate likes, and then from that they got signed to a label. And, you know, totally. it, that's that's cool. And, I mean, and, and 
I, I've Even said ego doesn't mean shit anymore, times. man. It doesn't. You know, it's like, I don't even know if I it's mean, ego. I think it's just being misled. But to be signed, yeah. at least you know, like you're gonna get some distribution. Your art's gonna, yeah, get yeah, you get a little bit of that's, that. I mean, that's it. it. Just, I remember that's back it. in the day, it was like, oh, you're a signed band. That's fucking amazing, right? Like that was the goal, right? But now it's just kind of like, oh, I don't even know and if you, do that. but then you end up getting to our age, and you realize like the whole reason why we're in this is we're artists. We like to make art. So right. and also being an artist, you have somewhat of an ego to where you want to put it out into the world. You know, so who else? Is better to fucking do it than not me. Fucking somebody else put it out forever, man. You know what I mean? I just want to. I want to get paid or not lose money to travel and go fucking drink and throw up in different places. Yeah, that's that's my fucking. We just want to be even. Let's just go be (laughs) break even. Fucking make art, play art. Like we've saved party with our homies. Yeah, we've saved our fucking money. We've done our thing. Like I just don't want to be negative. Like, let's just not go. I don't want to have to, yeah, pay money to do it. I just wanted yeah, to yeah. fucking wash out to where I had a good time with my friends. We played music. There was people that were down, and fucking boom. It's like you got to go well, negative. Like if I have to pay that five dollars negative, I'm like shit. Right. <laughs> ah, that's fine, dude. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, I mean, just you want to pretend like you know, like you're doing it, like you're getting like. I mean, also too, you're 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 getting fed and stuff like that so mm-hmm. like there's things like sometimes. that that you're getting yeah yeah sometimes depending on uh your buyout or if you have one or if there's do no you remember pizza. that one place in texas <laughs> that gave us uh the empty uh fucking water jugs with the the pull-off nipple on the top and <laughs> and we we it's were able to fill that we were able to fill that with bud light and that's all we got dude was just that with bud light <laughs> I would I would just fucking down it. <laughs> dude, like, that's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, we're playing we're right. playing pool and I'm like sucking Bud Light out of a nipple. The ninth <laughs> night of having little Caesar's pizza in a row gets fucking yeah. old as fuck. Totally. <laughs> But it's all like, worth it, dude, because why, we're fucking laughing while we're playing pool, while we're no, sucking totally. on the nipples of Bud Light. And that's why you run in there and you use the women's bathroom when you show up, because you're <laughs> yes. gonna you want to <laughs> shoot that fucking Little Caesars fucking like acid that you just fucking ate. Oh, for three so nights every show is a bad dash into the venue to hit the bathroom first before fucking uh, everybody wipes it out. Exactly, exactly. New Orleans, I blew that shit up backstage, <laughs> dude. Our, our first tour uh, was with Internal Suffering and uh, Stab Wound. Um, who's the other band? Emeth. And uh, oh, nice. oh, yeah, which was a uh, brutal band's band, the yeah, first yep. record. Yeah, so it was, so which was, was Stab Wound at the time. Blow, it blew my mind the first time I heard that shit. Oh, yeah. Emeth, 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 so far. There's no O in that fucking name. You just said Emeth. I've heard people say like so many things. Amon Emeth. <laughs> we uh say we, we had been you know obviously drinking way too much or whatever and get to this gas station andres from internal suffering has to shit so he goes fucking running into the bathroom his truck stop and we go walking in there and there's all these stalls and then there's just him sitting there there's no fucking stall door and he's just <laughs> blowing that motherfucker like holding on to the bottom so he doesn't fly away dumb and dumber style <laughs> we're just like hey he's fuck you guys get out of here we're like there's Sorry, a high percentage of people who toured, did a full scale tour across the country and hit a bathroom where you're shitting and somebody can see you shitting. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, the, for example, again, New Orleans, a different, the morning shit of that night shit that I just brought up. The morning shit was at a bar that was cleaning up because it's 24 hours. I find their bathroom no lock, dude. And of course, I'm shitting and fucking dude just boom right through the fucking door. I'm like, what's up, dude? Taking a shit, dude. No, I've been in, in Europe where there's there's the toilets that face each other. Oh, dude. Face yeah. each fucking, other? Yeah, yeah. In Germany, it's, like, it's a fucking pay uh, toilet. So if you don't have any fucking change, you got to run and make change and then try and go in there. Oh, my God. You got to be fucking kidding me, dude. So you're telling me that you could be shitting at the same time as another dude just... Face just stare face. him straight in the eye. Just stare him like while you're like while everything's coming out. Just look at him. Just be like, what, dude? I mean, eventually, everybody's got the shit face. Eventually, you got to just strike the conversation. You know, right? Well, you gotta <laughs> say something. I, I, know you gotta I think break it the would ice. be easier to break the ice, dude, and just fucking talk because it's weirder to try and not. Let's just stare at each other and actually talk, yes, each, right. talk to each other. Just gotta break that brown ice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's fucking crazy dude that's so weird that they have that situation it's more like it's it's more function over fashion it's like uh two people can shit at the same time or you can have a nice little onesie but like (laughs) if two people can shit here then like why don't we just put them facing each other because of the plumbing or you know it's like it's like uh it's a function over fashion we played in indonesia um you the there was a shit stream so you had to step over the shit stream. It would just, it was a big communal bathroom and they don't have toilets. So there's just holes on the floor all over. Right. So you have to like, you're, I'm all hammered and I come walking up and I'm like, Oh, don't want to fall in the shit stream. So I had to step over it or whatever. We go walking in there and there's 15 dudes all sitting there shitting into holes in the ground with their pants down. <laughs> and it's like, I come walking in like, oh, Hey, they're all laughing and everybody fucking turns and looks at me. And I hear I'm, Face to face with fifteen dudes shitting in the ground. <laughs> so are they like, are they holding their phones and shit? <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah. squatting, holding, holding their the phones pants forward so they don't get shit in the pants. Just it was <laughs> definitely a definitely a different uh, environment dude. than. My shit would take too long for that. I wouldn't be able to kneel there for that long. I'd be like, nah. We, we had so much beer, dude. It was coming out. It didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I would just gotta, go outside. Probably adapt adapt to the culture, dude. When yeah, it comes to that, I'd probably shit. I'd go outside and just like like fucking wall sit on a fucking tree and just fucking right. shoot one down a tree. You know what I mean? Key <laughs> to tour survival is bringing fucking flushable wipes everywhere you go. Oh, oh yeah, dude. but I got gold bond. I got fucking emodium, so I don't shit myself. Flushable right. wipes. I got whole, I got it down to a science now. Everything everything has to do with your butt, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, all that. it's like it's like some clothes and then butt stuff. Right. <laughs> we, we were fucking uh, me and Brandon on the fa- one of the Face of Oblivion tours uh, had just again been drinking so much that our pee was like turning brown, like just full on liver enzymes because we were just killing our bodies. And one night we played uh, in Utah at the Shredder. It was like a skateboard ramp and shit. Anyway, me and him were full on doing battle shits, like fucking tag in. He goes in and shits, comes out, tags. I go back in, just back and forth all fucking night. <laughs> it was the absolute worst. After that, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm fucking getting a, a shit pack <laughs> I can bring. <laughs> I've dude, played shit pack. before, dude. No, uh, yeah. Oh, you play that? So it's like a <laughs> skate park in Utah? Yeah, it's like a venue with a skate ramp in it. Yeah. yeah. I remember okay. that shit. It's kind of like Petaluma. Like they hire skaters to skate during shows and shit. 
I think it's one or the other, more or less. Yeah. We we <laughs> did play a skate park one time, and uh, it was in Missouri, and we didn't have AC in the fucking van, and it was August, and I'm literally driving the van in my fucking boxers, chugging water because I'm just you know so fucking dehydrated. And then we get there. I'm like, oh, sweet. Get to the venue. It's AC. And then we walk in. It's a skate park. And I'm like, fuck. It's so humid that they're fucking squeegeeing up puddles of, of water on the floor because it's so fucking Jesus. humid. And then we had to play on top of the ramp and they had the lights right there. So the lights were just fucking like, you know, two feet in your face. And people were standing outside because it was like 15 degrees cooler, just like this, watching us through the window. <laughs> That was in like 2002, and I'll still run into random people like, "Hey, I saw you play at that skate park." <laughs> like, "Oh my god, you must have been one of the guys outside." <laughs> god, summer tours are gnar, nice. dude. Yeah, there's been there's been shows where it's like we played with Suffocation one time in like North Carolina or something, and it was like 105 outside. It was like 122 inside. It was like, like oh yeah, like like a fucking like it's not survivable kind of thing. Yeah, but it's like. We were just like whatever. Just we were all chugging water and just like, like immediately like first song you're just covered in sweat. You're just like okay, yes. you have to. And also the the dumb mistake of like us going like oh, we're on tour, let's drink before. Like it's like all backfiring now. Yeah, it's like it it's all in the moment. Thing. But then at the same time you kind of get through to this moment of like your body just like gets to a point where it can handle it all, and you just it was get kind of like. Set. It was a challenge, like what Cepho and, and us were just like, let's fucking do it, dude. Let's see if we can. It's like, I mean, I, I like literally I, 120. I think it's because I wore sandals, you know, dude. I let the heat <laughs> yeah, like, at the bottom of my a feet. White t-shirt dude. and sandals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like if you were nude, like you had pretty much the same, like you were like still like your life was in danger. Like it was. Allen set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turding out stuff and just like still, like you're losing too much water from the turds. Yeah. Like, you're trying not to get become a raisin, a human raisin, dude. That's yeah. They that. gave us like several cases of beer for that show. And I think we left with several cases of beer. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wanted to drink. We were so. Everybody's <laughs> just drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a smart Fuck. thing to do in that situation. So, Jared, I kind of pick your brain about uh, Brutality is Law. So that was like, because that was only you playing guitar, right? That was not Mike Hamilton at all, and that was only you, right? Correct. Yeah, Mike Gilbert. Yeah, he, um, it was he Mike Hamilton. Yeah, is it Mike Hamilton? Hamilton? Yeah. yeah. He, he definitely did not play guitar on that either. So. Dude, Mike <laughs> Hamilton did not play flute on that one. Did not play the flute on that. He was not the drummer. Um, yeah, that was me. I did all the guitars, uh, both tracks on that. Uh, and I only did one guitar track per channel. Like I've never been one of these, you know, four track per guitar thing. Like I just never really bought into that. And most of the producers I worked with never bought into that either. But um, as far as I went was I would like switch my pickups from like the low end pickup to the high end pickup when I did the different tracks. Mm -hmm. um, but that just kind of came about because I ended up being really the only guitar player at the time. Um, we, uh, we had, I ended up kicking Mike out actually. It was kind of my decision. <laughs> which was terrible, like in hindsight, right? Like, I, I, I've actually talked to him since and I, you know, I kind of apologized and him and I had a good conversation. So we're, you know, we're, we're buddies still, whatever, but um, you know, when I came in, me, Murray, Dusty, Troy, we're all kind of more straightforward kind of brutal death metal. Mike just kind of had these kind of weird ideas. Right. And it just wasn't really in line with what I was thinking. Um, so I just kind of, I was a little more, I guess, dominant when it came to being a band member and kind of controlling things back then. So 
I ended up talking the other guys into it. I was like, Hey, dude, we got to get rid of this guy. We got to find somebody else. Right. Like, so it worked out. Um, I ended up recording the whole thing myself. Uh, we had a couple of random guitar players throughout the years, but um, never really, really stuck with anybody. And then when I left again, Mike came back in and you guys crushed it with that fucking album, man. I was like, Oh, that sucks. that I kicked that guy out. Cause that's a really good. album. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Death, but after all, I didn't know, you know, but it worked out good. I was like, Oh, all right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wasn't, I, I was more of an afterthought with the vision of that album, you know, just cause of circumstances that happened, but sure. I was super, super honored to be a part of that. And, glad that i got to contribute and still be able to say that if a severed ever does anything again dude i'm still the vocalist dude yeah so my yeah, and yeah. troy get the fuck on it dude let's right. fucking follow up dude yeah. so i told mike i'd play guitar if you ever wanted me to man so just let me know if i can so, yeah. no, the- oh that's cool that's i didn't know that that's good <laughs> yeah, it's that too it's like did you mute jesse on that one did you mute jesse on that one but yeah yeah mike is such uh he's he's hard to follow though man hold on i'm, I'm fucking going oh, yeah. on facebook to try and find somebody he is he's, no mike mike's a he's a he's fucking a weird level, he's dude. like uh you know most people that are like that are you know like are right. super intelligent geniuses yeah. that are like maybe hard socially to to connect with and stuff and that's yeah. like, that's how when, a lot of people are when you hear him talk about Aldi miola and all this shit and yeah. how he deeply deeply he was into that like totally uh, of course that's gonna translate into how he plays but i mean jared like what i was getting at at that at that question is like that was like literally like brutality is law was like for probably a year and a half two years was like my (laughs) most listened to album and there was was... serious hype on it before it dropped too there was some anticipation even as you know somebody who had watched it be developed you know and yeah yeah and and all that shit finally when it dropped like i knew like there was a lot of people waiting for it at that time too that was sick i mean it just totally like it just actually it meshed the the technical with like like it had a catchiness to it too it was like it was very catchy like it wasn't like too much it wasn't too little it was like right in the middle of just like um it just i mean besides uh dusty saying brutality is the best twice um no was- i've said it i've said it many times there's <laughs> so many catchy riffs on that fucking oh, totally album, dude. Yeah. no no seriously that was like like that fucking did that did that shit fucking like literally was like when i was getting into the technical death metal like world um you know you were you were the guitar player of that band that was i mean mike right. had already left and stuff like when I actually, I mean, Severed Savior was the first one. When I went to their website, cause I kept I kept seeing their shirts everywhere at every pound show. Everyone had like there was like nine people, nine to twenty people with Severed Savior shirts on. And I was right. like, okay, I was like, oh, it's a local band, cool. At, at first, I was like, oh, it's a local band, tight. People are supporting their scenes, tight. And I just kept seeing them, and I'm like, I'm gonna go Google or not Google, I don't know. I looked it up, like SeveredSavior.com. Ask Jeeves. yeah yeah and and uh on the severed savior website it said brutal technical death metal and i never heard that as a term before the technical and as a part of the genre i was like you guys are technical like all right like what's going (laughs) like what's going on here like how is it and i was like oh shit i'll check it out and uh yeah that album that just came out and i was like holy fuck like it was like literally like your guitar playing like was like in my ears like in the beginning of me getting in the technical thing like it was like you guys 
decapitated spawn of possession it was like pretty right. much the, the beginnings of that yeah and that's I mean, the, the way you're describing it is literally how we wrote it like we were like we want it to be as technical as we can play and challenge ourselves put ourselves a little bit outside of the box but we want it to be memorable right like i even wanted people to be able to sing along with dusty's choruses i know we were talking about not writing for people but the way he delivered it it's memorable you can hear him say things, you know, you can hear him say brutality is the law, shit like that. Or you can hear him say buried again, all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like it's there and it's memorable. Totally. Uh, dude, that one by one song is no fucking joke. To oh sing. yeah, dude. So Jesus many layers Christ. on that to try and yeah. hold that shit out. My fucking lungs want to just blow up. I know. Yeah. I release every time I hear that song, I go one by one. They uh, do the whole right. thing. Yeah, yeah. Driving in the thing. car or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like singing along to a fucking radio hit. It's crazy, man. Like <laughs> the, that that would not be, and I wrote probably 80%, 85% of that, right? But it would not yeah. be, and I've I've never been this way with music, like claiming it's mine. It, it would not be that way if it wasn't for the five percent that Murray did or the 20% that Murray did, or you know, the the 10% that Troy did. Like, even if like Dusty goes, hey, just extend that riff one time so I can put a different pattern to it. The song wouldn't be the same without that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. to me, it's a collective work by Severed Savior. It's never just the one guy in the band that does it all. I've never been into that, man. Like, totally. you know, Murray, Murray and I wrote a lot of that kind of together and arranged it. Like, I wrote a lot of the riffs, but those guys would kind of produce it, right? And Murray was a big factor in that. You gotta look at it as like a sculpture, dude, and it's just clay that doesn't dry, and there's a bunch of us that are are molding it, you know, into its final product before we throw it in When we started, Scott would just fucking come to practice and go, all right, I got a song, and here it is. And and I would come with riffs and and fucking Mike, our bass player at the time, would come with riffs and he'd just be like, oh yeah, okay, cool, and and, and it was just thrown out. That's ultimately why Mike quit. Um, and, and on uh, Anatomize, I full on had to put my foot down and go, you're gonna fucking use my riffs, like we're gonna fucking sit. And I have one song in there where I actually fucking got like four riffs and I got to help work on it. So. Sasha and I kind of worked on some stuff for eradicating, but sacrilegium was like the first one where like we flew out to Jared's house and sat and worked it. And it was so refreshing to be like, okay, dude, like, uh, you know, we want brutality as law with some solos and we're getting a little bit too orchestral or, or, you know, whatever, like it's, let's get more brutal in here. And, And Jared was very receptive. So that was very cool. And then also shamed me in anytime I sucked. (laughs) <laughs> well, dude, that that's cool thing too is like being in person. Like I know that like you could there's uh, it's obviously a thing that it's people are very capable of writing a great record through the internet, but being in person and like getting like body language and just energy in general like to yeah. create something yep. it's also really cool to fucking. We're also like bouncing stuff off each other like if if you have that connection with people where you can bounce stuff off each other, show them the shit, be like, if they say it sucks, it sucks. I'm like, like, I'll take it in. It's not going to be like this fucking what, what is going Like what's going on? Yeah, you no, know? you got to take it as like, okay, we're going to collaborate right now. This yeah. is something I, we're all a part of in this room. Totally. Everybody gets a say and let's, yeah. let's make it something. And the bouncing off the thing too, like really helps. I mean, like it also, like sometimes there's these connections where you like play a riff, they take it, do something, 
blah blah like all of a sudden like it turns into this like journey of something completely right. different and than we've all and we've all had that moment where like all of a sudden everybody's like <gasps> yeah yeah yes. and then that is hits. that that feeling right there is what everybody's driving for every fucking time they're writing dude and is then you walk crazy? out of practice and everybody is humming that same riff you're yeah, like yeah dude yeah this is yeah, yeah. Sleep that night because it's still there dude and you're yeah. just like yes i had a real tough time with sacrilegium as a guitar player because you know typically i'll write guitar riffs with a drum beat in mind right and it's just me in my fucking bedroom and i have superior drummer over here so i'm throwing the same kind of midi files in there that kind of give me an idea right but it's not the same as like you know when me and jacoby would sit down with fucking mike hamilton and write two or three riffs off mark of the legion and he'd be like oh do this you know like okay right i hear that's actually a new drum sound you know what i mean it's like yeah, I just named every fucking deep song right there. But that's the that's the thing, man. You got you, you have to be able to sit there and describe it to a guy, man. Like it's it's that's yeah, dude. We I've heard so many people do yeah. noises and guitar. I've yeah. never <laughs> so heard, we talked about with the, with I've the, never heard it start with an F, dude. Oh, dude, the yeah. first F. No, remember fucking what, what, Joseph? It was a uh, fucking uh, uh, Dallas. He was like he had the Riffinies called Riffinies. Riffinies. He, he, he did. He did Zaz. He was all Zaz. 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 <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> everyone's got their own like from their whatever their. No, right. uh, uh, Max, or- yeah, my buddy from Trends in the Realm is a fa fa guy. I've yeah. never heard anyone oh, else do fa's sh- until now. I'm, I'm so. a fa guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> dot. Da, 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 da. It's actually I'm a like a gen- I do juns like gen 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 gen. I'm more of a G. Like, well, that's guitar. guitar though. Guitar is gen gen gen. You can't you can't jun with a drums like John snare. Yeah, yeah. By okay. the way, this is what so, the fuck are drums? This is so on the fucking bingo card, dude. What are we doing right now? <laughs> I know. We filled up the whole bingo game, I think. It's like it's just a cat's game for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough writing drums at home without a drummer. You know what I mean? Like it's like fuck, dude. Like and I think a lot of it for me, I get disconnected again, right? So like, you know, with like the severed savior shit or old even deeds or whatever. Like I, I wrote a lot of Mark the Legion, right? And we wrote that all together as a band. So I could remember that shit and it would click on stage, like with incinerate when I play the sacrilegium shit live, I have to really think about it. Right. Cause I don't, it's not as ingrained in me as if I was sitting in front of somebody writing it together with them and repeating it over and over. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I write the demo and I throw the drums and go, oh, that sounds good. And then I move on to the next song and I don't, I don't really live it like I would in, a, in an organic environment, you know? Yeah, I wonder what that is, dude. I wonder if it is like a, a subconscious disconnect. Absolutely. It, it's not. We, sorry. No, we, we had that with, uh, with the eradicating where Sasha had all these fucking riffs, and, and I wanted that album to be more straightforward, and he was fucking all over the place. And then we gave it to Darren and said, okay, dude. Uh, we had a hard time finding a drummer after anatomize, so we want you to dumb it down. And he went, oh, dumb it down? Okay. And then fucking did the complete opposite and just fucking made it completely <laughs> fucking insane. So, like, <laughs> when we're demoing the stuff, me and Sasha back and forth or whatever, like, I'm listening to what he's playing, and I got kind of a set mindset of, okay, this is what I'm going to do 
with the vocals. This is how that pattern's going to go. And then Darren comes in and throws a fucking beat that throws everything out of the fucking water. And yep. now the deadline's due for the album, and I got two weeks to fucking write lyrics and patterns for the whole fucking album. And, well, here we go. You know, so that's the other things. It's super hard to, like, when you write, you have a set mindset of this is how I, in my mind, how I kind of want it to sound. And, and, you know, Jared's talking about being able to bounce and stuff, you know, off, but you still have that rudimentary or that basic, this is the vision I have. And then you get all these other numbskulls involved in the band and shit just goes <laughs> fucking everywhere. It's even like uh, the stuff that me and uh, like Casey with our best friend Carrie, like, and Anthony, you're my best friend too. Shut up. <laughs> um, so, like, we're, we're, uh, like uh, basketball will... you're my new friend bitch <laughs> I, know, I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're my new best like, friend bitch. we'll like we'll send him like the files and stuff and casey will like give his take on it and all of a sudden the riffs take a new meaning once right. he puts the drums over him all of a sudden like the vibe is completely different and it's like oh shit that's fucking way sicker it's like it's like or like it has a build-up to a part that wasn't a build-up or like it has something that like is completely different than you thought like it originally like like playing it and and messing around with it and writing it with like like you basically like give it to a drummer and drummer's like okay well like that's what's cool about that's but not the non the one cool thing about the non jamming in person era is like you give an idea to someone and then they go like okay well i'll sit in my room and, and i'll fucking like i'll create my own uh vibe on it you know what i mean and all of a sudden like the riff that you thought was like this like chiller riff is like a build-up and like there's like there's like way different fucking like ways to take it you know Right. That, that's totally what happened with sacrilegium we jared had his superior drummer shit so you know he's not a drummer i'm not a fucking drummer we, we want this part fast we want this part slow but we gave it to phil and we're like all right dude we know you're good do what you do and there was just what you said like some riffs i thought were you know i didn't think they were that strong or they didn't seem to me if kind of flow well at that part and then all of a sudden i hear the drums over it and i'm like holy fuck that's fucking rad yeah, the, the first time I heard his interpretation was in the studio, which yeah. was pretty crazy, right? So it was, it was me and him at Trident Studios tracking that album, right? And the first time I heard his interpretation of our songs was at the studio. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, it was like all kind of new to me, right? But I had to listen to it objectively. And then I used Juan a lot, too. He was kind of producing the whole thing at the same time, but... It was crazy. So the, the downside, like Joel, what you're saying, the downside of that is that you'll inevitably get like, well, I heard a blast beat over that. Now there's a rhythm over it. Or I was hearing this kind of flowy rhythm thing. Now there's a blast beat over that. So I'm like, eh. so you kind of got to get used to that, right? Or, or accept it, so to speak. Um, but I was able to totally. change stuff in real time because Phil was like a human machine. Um, so luckily, I could go, hey, dude, let's change that beat right there. And it's four measures of this and then five measures of this or whatever. And he was able to do it in real time to a click with no problem. Uh, literally, literally the fucking tightest drummer ever fucking played with my life. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That totally, like, it's crazy, like, you know, being on the, the strings for so long. You don't really understand, like, how much percussion can change the complete vibe of a song like yeah, absolutely like you thought you have a riff in mind or something and like, like yeah it's this way and then the drummer takes a hold of it and you're like oh shit that's way different and actually sicker that's sicker right. like, yeah that's, that's what i was gonna say there's those yeah. times where it's like 
Oh shit, that part's way more right up now. Yeah, like I wrote yeah. some four four sixteenth note riff, but he's doing the fucking Alabama sidekick with his hi hat or something that's fucking accenting it in totally different places. And I'm like, what? Okay, I guess that's better, right? Like it's fucking way sicker, <laughs> way more interesting, and like it's still a fucking blast beat, but there's like the fa 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 for the side, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My head, right? When you're paying money in the studio, that's the time to learn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When but money's on the said, Luckily, man, paying Juan that money, but that guy was such a fucking human metronome that it worked out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think I could ever do that with anybody else unless they were that, that tight on a click. But what, what was his name again? Phil Cancilla. Okay. Fuck yeah. yeah. Does he have any other? I'm I'm looking at his metal archives page right now, trying to figure yeah. out what his what his main band is. He was he was in Malevolent Creation, um, and then he was so that album Thirteen Beasts. He did that. He jammed with um, uh, Narcotic Wasteland and Dallas and those guys a little bit. Yeah, nice. and then he was in Hank Three, which is Hank Williams. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So oh, he did that for a while. I love Hank Three. Yeah, killer shit, man. Um, and then he has Cancilla, his own project. Um, but he's he's a different cat, man. Like upstairs, there's something something going on that keeps him from sticking to projects. Um, and you know, he just kind of does his own thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he's hard to lock down. But the, the guy's an unbelievable talent on the kit, man. Like again, one of the I'll, I'll never say anything bad about the guy, man. He was one of the best drummers I ever played with in my life. It was incredible. Yeah, the record sounds incredible. Yeah. Uh, and and that was all, it. that's all yeah. real. Like none of that's, I mean, it, Juan was like, what the fuck? Like Juan even said he'd never recorded a drummer that tight in his life. Like that's a lot coming from Juan, right? He's recorded Gene Hoagland fucking, he was telling this kid, Phil, he could go fucking charge Testament half of what Gene tested, you know, and it would be better. You know what I mean? Like Gene charges like a hundred thousand bucks for an album or something like that. And like, he's like, Phil, you can get 50 grand out of those guys and be way better. You know, like it's just, yeah, literally play for any fucking metal band he wants to play with, man. It's it's incredible. He's unbelievable. Jesus. Yeah, it's I've never played with a drummer like that. Mike how did you was, How did you hook up with that guy? Uh, just I was in Face of Oblivion, and we okay. uh, opened up a show for uh, Narcotic um, on that Delirium tour. Um, I talked to Phil a little bit on on Facebook or whatever, but that was the first time I met him, and then we ended up hanging out and talking, and uh, you know, kind of hit it off some jokes and shit and kind of stayed in contact. And then, uh, he got a malevolent creation and, uh, I, I just said, Hey dude, you know, I was trying to find a drummer for the album. <laughs> I was reaching out to different people and, and, uh, he was like, fuck yeah, dude, I'd love to do it. And I was like, Oh really? Okay, cool. <laughs> like you want to yeah. join the band too? And he was like, yeah, dude, like, Oh, all right <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 He, was, he would throw some like little Facebook snippets on there of him doing like fucking, two foot blast beats or one foot blast beat, like 300 beats a minute and shit. And it was just like fucking perfect. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Is this guy real? Right. Didn't understand it. But then he came out and learned like 12, was it 12 songs, Jesse? Yeah. He learned, we opened up for immolation and uh, he learned the set list in like under 30 days, um, flew out. We practiced for one day and then played the show. Right. So he, he came on point knowing his shit i mean there there was obviously some little stuff to work out but i think that's one thing that surprises a lot of people is that you know because we are so scattered all over i'm in minnesota jared's california sasha and ted are fucking canada um 
that we all fly into a spot the day before rent a practice space, spend one day practicing and then hit the stage. So it's yeah. Yeah. everybody's got to kind of have their shit together to a click track before that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you gotta gotta like work on the have the technology or whatever like the the guitar pro or whatever to like to be tight with and then just get yeah. into a room be like okay we're tight all right this is good all right go yeah dude, we're fucking we're old school dude it's not even guitar pro what is it fucking uh power tab power, power, power tab, tab, editor, yeah, yeah. Power yeah. tab. Yeah, yeah, yeah i was just recently talking about guitar pro but yeah like if you don't have a drummer like phil or like a darren or something like that it's it's very difficult to be confident with what your product is going to be at the end of the day you know what i mean like because the those guys are the click track right and like if, if they don't have it then like i could fuck some shit up live but they can't you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah i could miss a few notes or something but totally we did, uh, Matt Kilner filled in for us for a couple of shows, a couple of tours or a tour or whatever. And, uh, he would just put the songs on fucking MP3 or whatever and just hit play and tip, 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 uh, and do the fucking song and play all the way through that. That kid was also fucking, insane. Not yeah. he, he's fucking amazing. Ridiculous. Kilner's so good, dude. Yeah. He's, yeah. And he's just a fucking good kid. Like he's a down to earth, like normal, like there's, there's yeah. a lot of people in, in our genre of music that are uh, half bubble off little fucking out there. And then, yeah, he's, he's fucking rad and he's dude, a good dude. Yeah. That, that video of him playing the morbid angel opening of the gates with, with single strokes. Oh yeah. He yeah. can fucking do it, dude. It's insane. Like we finally got to it. The point where a real drummer can do it. I'm going to show you Joel later, but uh, you got Alex Simpson now, right? Is he uh, a, yeah. yeah. He's in the band. Yeah, yep, that yep. guy is super yep. sick as well, dude. Yeah, yeah. We we saw him. Where was that show at? It was another one of those ones. It was in South Dakota. Door. Yeah, okay. So South Dakota. He was in a band called Oppress the Tyrant. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good band. Uh, they're really sick played. too, yeah. Yeah, they're a good band, man. Like kind of brutal, slammy shit, real good. Um, and the drummer was just like fucking just all business. You know what I mean? Like just sat upright, fucking did his thing. It was on the click and super tight. I was like, that kid's impressive, right? And then lo and behold, he ends up throwing a tryout video out. And I was like, oh, what's that kid? I remember him. You know, like I've seen him live and all this other shit already. So I was pretty confident in his ability. It, it took 20 years, you know, so many people, drummers or whatever, like, oh, I can fucking do shit. I can fucking do it. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, that that's great. You know, learn a song and send it to me. And they'll go, what song? I, I don't fucking care. Pick one. Dealer's choice, whatever you want. If you learn it, you do it good, we'll bring it into the set. If it's not something we play, I don't care. Just show me show me what you can do or whatever. And uh, so, you know, so many people, oh, okay, I'll do it. And then like a week later, like, hey, bro, uh, do you still want to do that? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, whatever. So that shit happens constantly. So Alex reaches out to me and goes, hey, dude, you, still, you guys still looking for a drummer? And I was like, yeah, dude. And uh, same thing, pick a fucking song. And he's like, okay. And he's like, well, what, what's your set list? So I said, all right, here's the set list. He goes, all right. And then, uh, fuck, what was it the, like the next day or something? He he emails me going, hey, uh, or messaged me on Facebook going, hey, what, what's your email? I'm going to send you a video. And I was like, of what? <laughs> he's like, dude, I, I fucking learned the song or whatever. And I was like, no shit. So I messaged these guys. Hey, guess what? We're going to fucking video. You know, yeah, right. Sure enough, boop, I get a fucking thing. So I, all right, download it, send it, and watch it. And I was just like, holy fuck. So I sent it to these guys, and they're like, dude, that's ridiculous. Well, he's in Germany and w- with Lily uh, from Defeated Sanity. 
and oh, Lily's man. in the video. So I messaged Lily and I'm like, dude, this, this guy for real? Yeah, I've known Lily for, for a number of years. And he's like, uh, yeah, he's fucking for real. He learned the song in four hours and recorded it to the CD and sent it to us. Four hours. Damn. Right? So there's there's guys that... And it was there, 98% right. Like it was, yeah, it was Darren's shit is, is not fucking... Not easy. It, it's, he's, he's another guy that, you know, just picks notes out of the air and somehow they fit or whatever. I, I don't know if he's... He's a virtuoso, I guess. But uh, yeah, so Alex sent us that video, and, and Lily's like, "Yeah, dude, he's the fucking real deal." He goes, "I s- said, you know, what would you do?" He goes, "I would fucking get him in my band right now." And I was like, "Well, that's that's all I need to hear." Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm looking forward to writing the new shit with him. You know, just to see what he's really capable of and everything else too, and try to push him a little harder. But you know, we we want to do the same kind of style, but add a little more tempo and a little more brutality i guess it's kind of the other thing is is you know because we're a a internet band or whatever uh, (laughs) you never really fucking know somebody until you're trapped in a fucking truck or van with them for the weekend or or whatever right Uh, so we had him learn the set and he learned the set again you know pretty fast we're booking a a two-week tour um so we're, we're fucking all in you know like here we go Totally. Yeah, day one he's gonna be some alien, and we're gonna hate him or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like it's kind of like a hot girl. Like you're, yeah. you're like you're like why are you single? I don't understand why you're single. Like you're 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 36 and you're beautiful and you're single. Like why why is this going on? It's like oh you get in a van, not in a van. That's but you get in a you get in a, you get in a, a fucking a, a, a close. Well, there's candy van. in the van, so you gotta <laughs> yeah, get yeah, in the van. candy. <laughs> But you get like in a close space with them and you actually have to like human interact with them and be like a human with them. And you're like, right. oh, okay, well, all right. That's why you're free. Right. No, I, I've, I've known him for a number of years and, and hung out at the bar and stuff. And, and you know, I, I've seen him fall down drunk and everybody's seen me fall down drunk. So I, I'm not not expecting anything, but <laughs> there, there's been some some other members that I've gone through that like. I'm gonna leave this motherfucker on the side of the highway, <laughs> right? Fucking yeah, down. yeah, yeah. And I, uh, frankly, I'm too old and bitter <laughs> to tolerate that. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> right out the van and just go get a hotel room. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's sick to hear that you guys are keeping it going. And uh, dude, Jesse, your vocals on the new one. I mean, suck. Yeah, I know, yeah. dude. I'm sorry. I'm- <laughs> yeah jesse i wanted to I actually was doing this podcast to be like fuck you dude yeah <laughs> let's bring this guy on to fucking shame super sick dude yeah how did you uh i like i like your placement you're a little um you're not like on the top of every note and i i know there's it's gonna say this and it's gonna be like oh so i'm sloppy it's like no it's like you're like a little creative with how the placement goes and i love it it's like one of those like little human elements to it. I love that. Like there'll be a riff going and you're like a quarter of a beat behind each time you come in. And it's just like, that's so sick. Like, so me, me and me and Jared have gone back and forth on this because he is a fucking on the fucking numbers guy. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't <laughs> like, I, I always want a live vibe. The yeah. first couple albums I didn't like, layer i didn't do anything that i couldn't do by myself live that was a big thing to me is i I want to be a i'd rather sound 
a little worse on the CD and sound better live. It, it, a lot of people are the opposite, but that's just that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we did that album again during COVID. I actually had COVID, um, so I was had to delay it because so I, I was just sick as fuck. And then uh, I started feeling better, and then all the the civil unrest stuff happened here in Minneapolis. And the building across the street from where I was going to record got burned down. Um, so that delayed the recording again. And and for me with COVID, I don't know, dude, for some reason, I was having all kinds of fucking memory issues. And like, I would hear something and I just couldn't fucking grasp it. So there was, I had a lot of Skype Jared a bunch of times, like, dude, how the fuck are you playing that riff? I need to see it again and again and again. Um, so I, I really fucking struggled with this album. Um, but end result, I, I, I fucking love it. I, I had a good time doing it. And I think it's again, a fair representation of, of how we would sound live. Um, could there be some stuff that's done better? I, I think every fucking musician will tell you that every album they've done, there's stuff they could have done better. No, I'll tell you, I brought it to the dreamer rehearsal. I'm just like, dude, you guys check out this incinerate album that just came out. And I like, like, wait for the breakdown. Here it comes listen to these gutturals and they're all like oh shit dude like who is this guy i'm like that's i, see, I wanted to do the whole fucking album gutturals i wanted to yeah, really did. showcase that like listen i can do fucking sick shit because i i think a lot of our stuff has been kind of pushed off because you know we're in a guttural genre and i don't do fucking complete gutturals um but jared really stressed that even if it's guttural i want it to be fucking understandable um, so that was the thing that we really pushed hard on is, is being able to understand every single fucking word. Like if you sit with the liner notes and, and there's a lot of songs, I don't even think you'd have to, again, I'm biased cause I wrote the fucking lyrics and I know what the fuck I'm saying, but I, yeah. I really think that a lot of it is understandable. Yeah, I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. And like the trumpets of war, I like heard you say like, and now like the war is about to start or like, I forget the actual words that I'm like, Oh, I actually hear what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he said the whole oh, war is about to fart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it did. It's, it's dude. We got a collab bro is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to. I'm, I'm totally down. Um, yeah. The other thing is that was really challenging is this is a, a big concept album. So I wanted to tell a whole fucking story and, and, man that's i'm never fucking doing this stupid shit again dude because there's so many things like like i i sat down and i i wrote a actual fucking like story i wrote a mini story and then i had to divide it up into chapters and then okay this song is going to be this chapter this song is going to be this chapter and there's a lot of parts where i'm like god you know i think it sounds kind of hokey with what i'm saying but i have to say it to fill the fucking story to tell you know whatever shit like that where, you know, if we were doing Cannibal Corpse stuff, you know, I could just fucking rhyme gore with boar or some shit. It wouldn't fucking matter, you know? So it was challenging. Well, again, you just fucking knocked it out of the park and everyone should go listen to that shit. Thank you. And yeah, listen to it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> the guitar player is pretty amazing too. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's like mainly the, the, the guitar player, like from I'm just kidding. But, uh, and he's probably the best looking guy in the band, which doesn't help. I know he's the fucking youngest one, obviously. <laughs> looking, Weird. I mean. Weird. So Jared, let's get in let's get into fitness stuff, dude. I'm sorry. Sure. Yeah. Fitness fucking... pizza into my mouth. 
like right. I am I am on the cusp of like you know I'm I'm always doing that in my life where I'm like I'm going from this like unhealthy type you know lifestyle and stuff like that and I'm like I'm gonna change it around I'm gonna go fucking work out I'm gonna do all those things and it always kind of like lasts for six months and and most people go like well it takes fucking two weeks to make a habit well that's not exactly true because <laughs> I've fucking done it for months and months and months and waking up in like five in the morning going and doing it to the point now I'm just like. I'm kind of like, you know, I, I'm bu buying all the weight stuff and just still not using it. You know what I mean? So what sh like basically made you like get involved with it and like stick to it? Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've always been involved in it. Like it's always been a passion of mine, like guitar playing. I've been a martial artist my whole life, kind of growing up, stuff like that. And I was always into, you know, more active lifestyle um, jobs and stuff like that. Uh but recently it was really just the whole, like, it was like a crime of opportunity, right? Like the, the pandemic happened. I couldn't really go out to eat, couldn't do anything. I had a home gym. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Now's the best time to do it. Right. I had actually kind of ballooned up to about 220 pounds and uh I, i'm only about i know right but i'm five nine bro like, like I'm I, know, I just, I just, I just there's a party i went to last weekend and i fucking they had a fucking scale in the bathroom and i was just going yeah. to piss from being like a drunk asshole i'm like right. i'll step on this thing and i'm like dude i'm 230 dude it's fine dude 230 it's fine i was 252 <laughs> yeah but you're six foot aren't you i'm yeah. six two but still okay. like like it's like seeing that number just I was for the like, record that's more than i've ever weighed but that's cool go ahead <laughs> i'm six two though just like what anthony said you heard anthony say that right right, right. i'm actually yeah. almost six three so i was like saw that and i was like oh my god i have to change this like what's going right. on I mean, you know it's like one of those like freak yep. out moments you know that, that's that's what it was like you at six three and 250 is like me at five nine and 220 right like it's the same thing. god so yeah. at your worst i'm five eight, so, I'm eight, I'm five eight so i know what jared's <laughs> talking about because i graduated at 225 and i'm 58 so i was yeah. a big boy when i graduated yeah. high school yeah. dude yeah so you know there was a lot of factors like I, I didn't feel good i wasn't sleeping good my knees hurt my back hurt i was fucking shitting my brains out every fucking day you know stuff yeah. like that right and just overall unhealthy um so i just kind of decided that was the point of no return right and i decided to change and just started working out man um and it's been a couple years now um i've lost about 50 pounds overall um and then i probably gained about i don't know 10 or 15 back uh, hopefully a lot of that's muscle did you make uh, any changes in the kitchen yeah so it, it's main 80 percent of its diet right the workouts it is dude. The that's totally true yeah, but it, it's it's really the diet, man. Like I just, you know, I basically eat super clean. I, I kind of track my macronutrients and calories. Um, and then if I want to lose weight, I'm in a caloric deficit, right? And if I want to gain muscle, I'm in a caloric surplus, right? Um, but it's so always you still, so you still go back to the calorie count then. Is what you're yeah, talking. yeah, and, and I don't count it per se. Um, I just kind of know what it is. Like I know that like my first meal is about 350 calories, my second meal is about 200 calories, um, stuff like that. And I, you know, you kind of count yeah. it at first. About, you, what do you go like six times a day? You're eating about? It it depends. Yeah, yeah. So like today I ate six meals. Yeah, today it was six yeah. meals. Yeah, Jesus. from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's really how you should be doing it, dude. Yep. Yeah, and and, and that's, I know. 
for me is the most successful way to do it. Like, and, and the only way I can do that consistently consistently is by like prepping my meals. And, yeah. yeah. Know, I mean, I'm the asshole that takes fucking Tupperware with them and shit like that. I'm it's, that guy too, dude. Especially so you, when you, I'm, you guys, you guys eat for sustenance. You guys don't eat for pleasure, right? No, dude. Correct. See this. Well, well he said I mean, correct. He said correct. Okay. <laughs> this In turn, you can actually make meals that you're excited to eat though. And you're still within your boundaries like see i haven't got there yet like i don't i i'm just kind of a you know eggs turkey bacon oatmeal it's all plain and stupid and then i eat chicken and broccoli and yogurt and protein like that's so then my my shit's got flair dude because my oatmeal's got chia seeds it's got hemp seeds it's got see? raisins it's got fucking uh oh raisins whoa back off mixed. whoa that's too I, I mixed. Do a little, uh, berries, protein powder uh, I throw that shit in about everything. Right. You just but throw it on your steak. What it boils down to is is diet, exercise, digestion. The, point, man. That's the, overall... diet, the diet thing is what like Fleek. has always been like fleeting me. It's always been like it's like I've been pretty good like when I was like younger and being like fuck it like I want to change this fucking I'm gonna turn the story around. It's all good. But I'm gonna work out seven days or you know six days a week, five days a week, and like. See, like, I, I'm way stronger. Like, I'm benching like my 300, whatever that I want to bench and stuff. But like, my body is not changing at all. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like the diet thing was always like hovering over me. Like, as this like th- one thing that I'm not, I'm changing a little bit. And I'm like, like maybe adding more protein to my diet, but it would never be like this. Like, dude, this is the thing, dude. You got to do the complete change. You got to do it all. I told you, dude, I could write. You I know, I know, I know. On the Mike yeah. Dolce shit, dude. Mike yeah, Dolce, know, he trained yeah, it's, it's definitely a bunch a of fucking style. UFC fighters. He's yeah. literally their dietitian. Gets them down to the weight cuts. But I suck at cooking and I'm fucking like shit that tastes good. So mix those two together. How do I fuck? Let me it? cook for you, bro. Come to my house. Let me cook for well, you. One sick, dude. That'd be one meal, dude. Maybe I'll lose, I'll lose 50 and, pounds. No, <laughs> no, a lot of it is, is, is experimenting with different meals and stuff. Oh, for uh, sure. I, I sit on fucking YouTube all day for when I should be working. Um, and I, I started following a bunch of fucking bodybuilders and, and just checking out and scoping out all their meals. And the, the, I did the same thing. Like I, I yeah. fucking was at the gym five days a week for, I don't know, three, four months. Um, I personally, I didn't see a change, but my wife was like, no, like you keep going, you dummy, you're doing it. And I'm like, ah, I want Taco Bell, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's it. Like, like I, I think in about every lifting thing I did, I went up like 40 to 50 pounds. So I was getting way fucking stronger fast and eating a shit ton of protein. Um, But I wasn't losing the belly. And and what Jared did is the right way to fucking cut the diet. The 80% diet thing is well, not not even diet, but well, I mean diet. Yeah. But the, the big thing is, is to fucking cut out all the fat and then rebuild the muscle. And I'm impatient. I just want to get fucking big now. And then, that's, I fucking go into a calorie surplus, and instead of getting yeah, big muscle, I fucking yeah, it goes right through. Nah, dude, it's a yeah, long that, game. That's the hard part, man. It's like it's you, long game. It's, yeah, people want instant results, yeah. like myself, and they want it. They want to see it now. Yeah. They want to see it in two months. They want it. They don't want to fucking see it in fucking no, a year. It, I say in the beginning, like weigh yourself once a week. Don't weigh yourself once a day because there's days where you fluctuate where you got like oh, totally. a half a pound. Dude, that's so and hard. Though, you and want, that'll like, like that'll give you a shitty day because you're thinking about that being up 
that you're like morning. i'm doing all this work and then i'm fucking yeah this right. is happening so right. i say once a week is only like one factor in the whole process right like mm-hmm. i mean i could weigh 185 pounds but my bench press just went up by 40 pounds right so yeah yeah and i still have abs right so what's the you know what i mean like gaining muscle while yeah. burning fat it's like weight isn't that would always, always be in my thing. the back of my head i'd be like dude i'm, I'm up like what the fuck like i'm up 10 pounds dude right. it's, it's just kind of like the I'm way you're harder, you know <laughs> your program right to look at the weight or whatever right yeah but yeah no dude it's 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 just consistency man like if you th- you do it for three months you, that's not enough you got to do it for three years you exactly. Know? Like, exactly it's just the way like I, I haven't missed a workout in two years right like damn and so i've consistently changed my physique like you know, I'm not just eating to lose weight. I'm, I'm eating to stay lean and build muscle. My cardio is specific to burn fat and not muscle, stuff like that. Right. Um, but I also do like functional training and stuff like that. So it's, it's what's a, a, what's a cheat day for you and how often do those come about cheat days are well, they're cheap meals. They're not cheat days. Right. So there's a, right. there's a whole, yeah. whole different shift. Right. Like I, I can't, I can't just cheat for a day or I fuck. I go for, up, it's right? a four hour window for me when I'm, yeah. 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 I go Jesus, four hour, four window, hour window. Yeah. Yeah. Four hour window. <laughs> Every 10 days, dude. Minimum I, of 10 days. Years. I have cheat years, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have a cheat meal once a week to, there you go. Yeah. And, and that, that seems like, what's your favorite one? Dude? Yeah, what's what's your go-to? What's your go-to? Um, like the, I, yeah. I will rotate between like a Chipotle burrito, but I know it seems that's like that's cheat. the right thing to eat. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, that's that's my eating enough, healthy. Right? <laughs> and then the other one is like, I'll do like a sausage pizza. Yeah. But I'll put like okay. pesto sauce on it or whatever. Cause it's just nice. like this weird craving, but yeah. <laughs> and and that, but that's what people don't realize, man. Like they're thinking cheat meal, that's pizza and beer and French fries. It's like, no, it's a Chipotle burrito. You know, like it's, just, yeah. Jesus, that's a, that's like a, a little, little sour cream. You know? I was like, dude, um, like, dude, there's there's fucking salad right, in here. Right. But dude, once once you get to a certain point, like once you obtain your, like if you gave yourself sixteen to twenty four weeks or something like that, right? Yeah. What is that? Four to five months. Give yourself six months, and just crush your fucking goals for six months. You'll get there. And then you can kind of relax and you can have a fucking cheeseburger once or twice a week. You know what I mean? And it becomes all decisions and which way are you going to skew? Are you going to skew backwards? In the better shape, the more muscle you have, stuff like that, the easier it is to kind of eat bad or intuitively, so to speak, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The real secret is you have to listen to brutality as law while you work out. (laughs) Your your gains will go up. I was going to say do math to lose weight, but brutality as law probably works too, yeah. I've definitely, brutality for me is a gym album i definitely yeah, if you listen to brutality is law fight mcdonald's is it like make the calories go away you just maintain you'll stay the same right <laughs> yeah yeah if you no, that's good. that and the new incinerate then you'll lose some weight fuck um, yeah that's a, that's like good information though because you know it's always been like i've always like get kind of on the path and the path gets skewed maybe like three or yeah. four months later and, it's it, and like, i mean I, i'm the same way dude like and it's sort of my motivation goes away Right. And it, exactly. it just becomes discipline. It, it just becomes part of my day. You have to fit it into your lifestyle. Like if you don't like getting up at four in the morning, don't get up at four in the morning. But also too, when you're in that mode, there's, there's one, there's something that skews me. Cause I'm, I'm definitely stoked in that mode. Like I'm, yeah. I'm stoked at waking up at five in the morning. I'm stoked to get in yeah, there. Yeah. When you're in something that like, flow, Oh, it's fucking awesome. And, it, 
and you're getting high off of your workouts and you're yeah. fucking great in the morning, dude. That, that when you're stoked for the day and it's like yeah. already, it's only like six forty five. You're like, I'm gonna fucking murder this. Yeah, day. Exactly. I'm still sleeping the first three hours. Anybody does all day, right? <laughs> Yeah. No, but getting up at the 5 a.m. workouts, dude, where oh you get that you get that rush. Yeah. No, I was doing that like, for a long time. Yeah. I was doing that it for a terrible. long time. No, I mean, it, you get in the motor to like, dude, I'm there. Let's fucking do it. Mm, you get it. There's always one thing that always like kind of like, I mean, for me, like, you know, like, I don't know, metal, stuff like that, alcohol, things. I think alcohol has actually been the the biggest the deterrent. Culprit. It's me, the biggest culprit, dude. Biggest culprit of me being like, okay, well, I feel like shit this morning. Oh, well, my friends are in town from this place and I'm going to go do that. Right. And then I feel shit again. I feel like shit again. brunch, dude. <laughs> and then like, oh, blah, blah. Oh, the oh, cannibals playing tomorrow. And then it's like one of those. It's like it's like a span of like five events that yeah. like take me off my shit. And then right. I'm like, then I'll just wake up and be like, dude, oh, the, well. the convenience thing is is for me, like especially with kids, because it's so easy to go to fucking Walmart and buy a bag of fucking whatever and throw it on the air fryer and go here you go kids you know and totally air, oh, I, have, I don't have that dollar excuse. menu or whatever mcdonald's you know shit like that's the hardest so like knowing that i'm going to spend my sundays fucking cooking nothing but chicken and shit all fucking day to put into tupperware like yeah again it's you got to get that fucking routine but it's yeah. so much harder yeah, and I, I would typically just integrate that into my lifestyle. Like if I'm cooking my chicken, I would just cook them chicken, right? Or I would if I if I'm barbecuing them a steak, I would barbecue myself a steak, right? But there's also tons of times where like I'm eating my last meal of like ground turkey and broccoli and I'm cooking them waffles for dinner, right? Yeah. And I'm eating and they're eating, everything's good, but then I'm like, ah, oh, that temptation's there. So I'll just fucking run upstairs and start playing video games or something, right? So it's you have to kind of battle that thing that yeah. takes you off track, right? You know, what's totally. trip is that I never had the temptation when that happened. When because my, you know, you got your picky kids and yeah, you yeah. eat a certain whatever yeah. at that time, but you're in your zone. I actually would always feel guilt, like, oh, dude, look what I'm no, doing. Anthony's for got a gene that I don't understand. Anthony will show up and just be all fat one time and be like, yeah, I'm fat, dude, and just be like, and just be like, I'm gonna eat clean for like like three months, and you just like I see him next time, and he's like all thin and like he like. Dude. I graduated high school uh, at fucking I was called Ethiopian kid in high school or bones. I was <laughs> fucking beyond like rail skinny. And, and I was that way till probably mid 20s when I lived off nothing but fast food and alcohol. But I was still like, you know, 30s. I, I could fucking drop the weight. No fucking problem. Just uh couple weeks in the gym or whatever not even that just fucking all right i'm gonna cook at home instead of eating all the shit uh but dude once you hit 40 oh it is a new fucking ball game. fuck 40's coming up i'm gonna be crazy, 290 dude. at 40 dude if you're i don't not, if I'm, yeah right no, after this conversation you're gonna creep the other way it like jared said like at, at, when covid hit um i got Let's set 40 weight goals right now dude i'm 37 <laughs> okay. all right it's fucking it's november 18th 2021 by next year i'm gonna be 290 290 <laughs> no i'm saying 40 what do you want to be at 40 dude at 40, I'm, under 15 percent body fat who gives a fuck how much you weigh uh, exactly, uh, exactly. Jerry's already like exactly fuck that, dude exactly 15 15 is 
That's a big goal. That isn't, that isn't, you can't sleep sleep on that goal. I have 15% of my body fat and like one of my tits. Right. Right. Just one of my man boobs. Yeah. Yeah, 15%, like you're going to have like visible abs, but you can still have a cheeseburger once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly Uh, what 15% is. That's uncomfortable. Right. And 50 and getting visible abs is a fucking feat, bro. I've only had that a few times in my life and it's not right now. Yeah, not right now. I mean, I have visible stomach, you know. (laughs) Right, visible belly. It's a visible dead bottom. Let's just say my belly button collects a little more lint than it used to (laughs) right now. You know, dudes. I know that somebody uh, has a job interview tomorrow. Uh, So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Casey's got a job tomorrow. I got to fly out at five thirty in the morning tomorrow. Sick, bro. Oh, well. <laughs> Colin sick to your job interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to work for me. Set the precedence right away, right? I know, yeah. You sound like my fucking weight loss goals. Like, workplace like, dominance. <laughs> Set workplace dominance. Just how it works. Colin sick First to your weight. I'm, I'm calling in sick to my morning weigh-in, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, dudes, uh, thank you guys so much for coming yeah, on. Dude, Obviously, awesome. we're going to hang out a little bit after we finish recording, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, this dude. was super fun chilling with you guys. Fuck yeah, dude. I appreciate this whole thing, man. I mean, Jesse and Jared, like as far as like Jesse, like hanging out in Minnesota back in like the bloodletting days and Jared, like your fucking influence on me as a kid, man, it's huge, man. I really appreciate both of you guys. Yeah, dude. And I'm super stoked that fucking I got to meet you, Jesse. I, I've known about Incinerate for a long time, so this is super cool. And Jared, dude, always fucking awesome and super cool that we got to hang out tonight dude yeah. like, i oh, mean yeah. i know it's through the computer but it's like we wouldn't have done this unless we you were coming on the show right now right know? for yeah, sure it's fucking rad thank you so much so okay. let's hang out for a few more minutes but uh let's wrap it up with the guests hey happy thanksgiving to all you americans oh, right, all you non-American. Oh, Thanksgiving. I'm gonna lose much of win on Thanksgiving, right? Cheat <laughs> <laughs> meal, bro. Have have a awesome week next week, everybody. We're not gonna be here with you. Give us some time to uh go have a meal with our family. Um, but thanks to all the new subscribe I dude, thanks to all the new subscribers. Should I just stop saying that? I, no. I feel like that's like robotic now. I mean, it's in the beginning too, but it's like Okay, know. thank you everybody just for fucking being a part of this. Just listen to it, and if you laughed, thank you. you Thanks to the old time. subscribers, dude. And the old subscribers, old yeah. subscribers. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the new ones. It's all about the old ones, dude. <laughs> Hanging in there since know. day one. I gotta figure out new ways to say things. All right, well, uh, follow us on all the shit. Hit all the buttons. <laughs> ring all the bells. And uh, go buy some incinerate merch. Where can they go buy it? Uh, incinerate.bigcartel.com. Boom. Yeah. There it Fuck is. Yeah. You got those wall flags behind Jared? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we got we got some of those. Uh, we're actually running pretty low on merch right now. Um, we didn't purposely didn't stock up because COVID. We haven't been able to play shows. Uh, we're working on a big two-week tour right now. Um, so we got some new artwork uh, from Triple Sace Designs. Um, yeah. Got some new shit coming and I'm fucking super stoked on it. We, I, John Zig has done some amazing work for us. Um, that's one thing. Like, I, I think we've had some pretty sick art. I'm stoked on our art. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not a good selling technique. It's being like, dude, we're low, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're low because we sell it, you know. So no, that's good. That's good. Order, we'll not... make it. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Love you guys. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, is triple safe design? Is that is that Mark who always comments on our Cali death? Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Shout out that guy. Triple six hails, yeah, dude. Hails. Where's he from? Hails. Where, where's he from? He's been like a part of the social media thing South for America. a long time. South America. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they did uh, the shit for Behemoth. Um, mm. The Merciful thing. Uh, I know they've done it. Just a fuck ton of sick bands. Yeah, yeah. They've done a bunch That's of That's awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah, I always see him popping into the Insta comments, dude. So He's the man. Fucking shout yeah. out, bro. So this whole episode I've been sitting here and uh, Joel, did you notice Jesse's shirt? Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. So, okay. I just, I didn't even notice. Until <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a 20 second. Right before, we're going to end it in a second, but like, yeah. I had this like prank thing going on where people like were putting magnets on my car of that <laughs> and shit and running away. Like, they were like, they were like, had this big thing where they're like, and then my fucking light switch over here is just that. Oh, you got the like, Barry light switch? I got, yeah, someone, no, someone just snuck into my house and fucking did that to my fucking light switch. Amazing. And it was like this. They like they're like obsessed with it for a while. They were like yeah. they were sending they like do like people that had like doctor uniforms on because we have a security system. I'd watch them walk up, like do a thing, like like sneak a package under my door, and it's just like pictures of that guy. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, you got me, dude. Stop it, <laughs> dude. I, like, <laughs> I I became infatuated with like I got all kinds of shit. I love I love Barry, dude. He's my, he's my uh, totally. Oh, it was a Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl when I got it. Like that's when it came around, right? It was like dude. a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, dude. I, I, mean, I was already... torn between this or a crotch duster shirt. Oh, with Barry. You got a crotch, crotch duster, duster shirt? shirt? Yeah, dude. My wife made it for me. She makes these shirts and shit. Oh, oh dude. God, yeah. dude. I rock dude, a medium, bro. Can Let's I buy one off wife, <laughs> dude? Hey, I, I, there's some legal stuff, you know. You can't pirate uh, and make stuff, but she made a one-off well, for me, so... Well, let's okay, make a I don't, I don't want three one, but and a four-off, dude. <laughs> yeah. If one fell off a truck? If, yeah, yeah, but if she... Uh, <laughs> like, one by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, dude. All right. All right, well, love everybody. Uh, happy holidays. We'll see you after that. And uh, rock on, peeps. Later. Turkey.